Welcome everyone to Mog Talk. Today is January 8th, 2022. Uh, I am joined here with a wonderful Thoughts Per Second. But before uh, you guys get into it, if you've never seen this show before, it's basically a show based around the Final Fantasy XIV community discussing everything from Savage Rating to Chuckabo Racing. And today is, of course, going to be the World Race with Thoughts Per Second. Uh, I'm going to have, before we go too deep, everyone introduce themselves what role they play and all that great stuff whatever you want to say to identify uh, who you are to the group and we're going to go down the list here alphabetically so ara can you go first hey uh i'm ara i play healer for team tps okay okay brian uh hi i'm uh brian and i play off tank i guess for team tps okay please Hi, I'm Cleese. I am uh, the professional Twitter meme guy of TPS, and sometimes I actually help in raid. Okay, okay, okay. Keo? Hello, I'm Keo. Uh, I'm usually the scholar player, but I'm healer for TPS. Okay. And then, hold on, I'm going down my whole list. Oh, MT, there we go. Hey, I'm MTLOL. I play Flex DPS for TPS. All right, Phantom. Hello, my name is Phantom. I play Bard for TPS. All right, Sfee. Yep, I'm the mascot. <laughs> All right, no, I You're play not. Black Mage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, yeah, I play Black Mage, or well, mostly all casters. Depends on what the current meta is. Okay, okay. Uh, and Shen, I think, is going to join us here in a little bit, so we'll skip him for right now. And Sendoff, could you go? Hi, I'm Sinuf. I play uh, tank, usually Dark Knight. Okay. To, to make that real clear, mm-hmm. since uh, you, I know Yoshi P is watching, I wanted to bring this up early. <laughs> Last time we were on Mog Talk, um, apparently I had hurt his feelings by saying he doesn't play his own game. Um, as he has proved that to be... Inc- that to be an incorrect statement because he did get rid of uh, Salted Earth uh, being ground targeted on Dark Knight because he tried playing and he was like, I have to use a macro? This feels terrible. He's like, I'm fixing this. Mm. So yes, he plays his own game. So that's <laughs> good to know that the developers do that. But uh, I am not the Bard. <laughs> I am the Dark Knight. Well, there's we need, we need to make that clear so I'm not take so Phantom's not taking the uh, the hit from that. Okay. Yeah, the hit from my uh, my statements. So just to be clear, the person with the bad takes is the Dark Knight. That's uh, not a bad take. You notice nowhere in there was an apology. That yeah. is an apology. I, there was no apology. You simply explained. It's just the a different kind of apology. <laughs> <laughs> it's an alternative apology. It's a YouTube apology. Oh, yeah. Anyways, I I saw that and I was like, you know what? Uh, Who? That sounded kind of weird to me at first. And then when we found out for sure it was send off, I was like, that doesn't sound weird to me anymore. That sounds about right. Um, But absolutely. uh, Yoshida is a very, very good player and he does play his game. We know this. We've seen evidence of this, right? Let me clear like one of the raid tiers on stream ones. Like for an event, I can't remember. I want to say he did. Yeah, I know he definitely zoned in, but I don't know if he cleared. Yeah, he's. Well, he's pugging. Yeah. At the uh, time. 
Mm-hmm. All right. So just to be clear, Sinoff, if you make it to where Square Enix never wants to talk to me again, I am going to be very upset. So uh, we'll assume what you said was, I'm sorry, uh, Yoshida. I was incorrect about my statement. You played a game, and I'm sorry for making assumptions. That's a much better... That's a much better apology. It was an apology. Actually I'm just exactly not very good at them. Okay. Yep, word for word. Yep, word for word. True. Thanks enough for apologizing. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's really big of you. Um, okay. <laughs> that being said, I, I, we can go ahead and start getting into this a little bit. I want to uh, kind of talk to you about this too. We haven't had a weight race in like a year, and this is something that you guys live for. Uh, so, uh, how do you, what, what have you been up to in the last year? What have you been doing besides world racing? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, going to be a individually very Individually or as a team? Uh, I, I guess, you know, uh, maybe as a team. And then if there's anything individually you want to throw in there, we can as well. Like eight months off. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, straight up. Really long break. Okay. Because Some of us, like myself, have been playing the game since Final Coil, mm -hmm. and I've never taken a break. I've played, or I played all the way through um, the expansions, and all the way through like the end patch, either doing speedruns or something else. So I, I personally really needed one at that point. Okay, so you're not really that upset that there was like a big break there because it felt like it was actually useful for your team to get a little bit of rest. Yeah. Yeah, more or less what happened was the announcement for the delay of Dragon Song War Ultimate came out, and then we just never raided again until maybe a month before expansion. And that was that was kind of our entire last year of, of raiding. Okay. Yeah. We did have some uh raiding during the, the phase temperance event. Mm -hmm. We participated in that, so we did some like challenge modes and we did it. And then, yeah, but mostly ever since Dragon Song was delayed, we just said, ah, I guess we'll just, you know, play whatever we want until we meet up again. Yeah, it was one of the longest breaks. We, we did come back, like, a good, like, month and a half or something before uh, Endwalker and practiced pretty hard to get back in shape. But before that, we were kind of just on break doing our own thing. Some of us playing other games. I was getting some stuff in my life in order, you know, just, I don't know. Okay, being adults, going around a little bit, little bit of adulting, yeah. Okay, okay. There was the twenty-four man event in like February. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah the, I mean the forty-eight man thing. Yeah, forty-eight. Yeah, thank you. Sorry. I mean that was cool. I we were moving during that, so uh, I really didn't get to participate, which sucked. Uh, yeah, we didn't really get to do that really as a fun. team. You're talking no, about delivery, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, delivering was great. Mm -hmm. Would have been nice to be there. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, that was uh, that was actually a pretty interesting like one-off. I don't think that we'll, I don't maybe we'll see something like that again in the future, but I don't know if, uh, I don't know if we will. To be honest with you, I'm really hoping so. I mean, the thing is, so for Shadowbringers, we didn't get a deep dungeon, which sucks. Um, no offense to Square Enix, I'm sure they're slammed, uh, but I I love that stuff. Deep dungeons are really really fun, and. Uh, and then, yeah, of course, I mean, the 20, the 48-man content was great. Um, 
I really hope they keep that coming. I'm pretty sure they were building up to that with all the other dueling stuff that they were doing and everything. So it's really cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. Okay. Well, is there like anything? Deep dungeon. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Spee. I was gonna say, speaking of the deep dungeon, that's actually what a bunch of us did. We all just went and got necromancer titles. I think me, Shin, Keo. T. I didn't MT. do it. Oh, you didn't do it? Okay. I know Phantom. I think you did it on an alt. Uh, but yeah, a bunch of us went and did that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, deep dungeon is amazing. And Jealous uh, is actually uh, my FC leader. Uh, he's a uh, he's a pretty cool guy, and he he does a lot of that stuff. Um, I think he's only been doing that since the expansion came out too. Now that I think about it, uh, do you guys want there to be more stuff like that where you could do like solo content and try to uh, get through Deep Dungeon? Would be nice if the like build up to the hard stuff wasn't so tedious. Mm. But other than that, yeah, like ways to sort of skip ahead to the parts that are interesting and fun, um, as opposed to just the grindy. I'm super overgeared for this content. I mean, that's what Heaven on High was supposed to do, right? It kind of did it. It's definitely a lot better to do Heaven on High than it is Deep Dungeon. Fair. I'm always Fair. down for solo content. I know it's not related to Deep Dungeon, but I'm still waiting on Island Sanctuary. Like, where, where is it? The Sanctuary? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, anyways, anyways, back to the world race, I guess, here. Uh, you guys all took a break, uh, and you got some rest, and you start practicing a little bit beforehand. Um, when you were going and uh, warming back up, what are some things that you were doing to warm up as a team? What well, was we the, do when we first came back? Well, we I mean, did the, um, like, there was the mixture of the Fae Temperance stuff that we did that we already spoke about. We did mm -hmm. that as, like, warm-up, and then we went into, what was it, uh, E12S with some more restrictions in place. Okay. Did those, um, and it was, like, I, I know Phantom might still have the, uh, the, like, the strategies we did laying around, but they were more um, things that you wouldn't normally do. Like dropping all the ice uh, sickles in the in the middle of the room um, as a group when you're sliding, so we're all on top of each other at the same time, mm -hmm. which looks cool, but it's extremely impractical. Um, <laughs> doing lions three different strats, like each uh, set of lions is a different strat, um, and then doing things like Titan, where depending on one random thing that happens earlier in the fight, we have to use different positions, which. Like, realistically, you never do any of that. Mm-hmm. But it was it, just sort of what we did. For practice, I guess. Yeah, and... Yeah. Because, I mean, after taking a break for, like, a while, since uh, the race wasn't really coming out for Ultimate or anything, uh, I could just imagine people getting rusty or kind of falling apart. Like, maybe some person kind of drops off. But that didn't happen at all, it seems like, for you. Everybody just came back and wanted to get right back into it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Pretty much. Expansion hype does that for sure. I, I, to be honest, it's weird with this expansion. This is the one I was actually the most excited for out of every expansion so far. Um, and I mean, I think that's a lot because of the boom that was happening with the game, and then it had Paladin, you know, as oh, the front no. runner. <laughs> uh oh. What, what did they do to my fucking class, man? <laughs> Yeah, the biggest yeah. one of the biggest reasons I didn't even fucking play 
Paladin was because it was completely gutted in terms of damage. It just like it was so low, it's detrimental. It's disgusting. Yeah, we, we did. We did find out that there's some tech with it though that we didn't discover until later. Really? Yeah, you can. Uh, yeah, you can feed it a, a week one weapon. It's the only right. job that can do that, and potentially makes the difference. Weapons are pretty good. Yeah. It'll make up some of the difference. I don't think it'll make up enough unless you're playing very well. But you also need to go out and do a bunch of expert roulettes to to get that weapon. So I don't think it'll be worth bringing into World Prog. Maybe yeah, like for week one, week one stuff, casually. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. For groups that are a little slower. But yeah. That, that said, I'd much rather the issue be a damage problem than the actual gameplay, because mm. you know Ninja over here would ride you, but Paladin. If you buff its numbers up a bit, the actual gameplay of the Paladin is pretty sick. Like I like, yeah. I really like what the, a lot of people say it's really good right now. Like the way the combat flows. We actually thought they were going to fix it for Savage because it's such an easy tweak. It's just fixing numbers, but they didn't. So yeah, I wonder I why they didn't do that. I, I mean, there were a bunch of classes they needed to buff. Hmm. There's a bunch of classes they needed to nerf as well. The, yeah. the balance changes that happened, like, well, the lack of them in 0 0.01 and then the very few there were in 0 0.05 were really strange. Like, really strange. Do you think that maybe they were thinking uh, they didn't want to throw, like, curveballs at people who are going for the world race and let them just have what they, you know, was already there and work with what they knew uh, instead of making you change last minute? They didn't shy away from it before. Why would they shy away from it now? You know I what mean I mean? If it's just the numbers setting, it's not really like a, a problem, right? Like it, the class plays exactly the same. I'm not. I'm assuming they're not just gonna like revamp a class at six point zero five like they did at some point. Five point four monk says hello. <laughs> Any what is it? Four point zero five machinist cameras. Like up. Didn't they change a healer? Or was it three? I don't even remember. Oh, they changed a healer? Uh... Didn't they dramatically change a healer at one point? Ara, Kyo, someone? Astro. We're talking about Astro? Creator Astro? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. No, I think it was... Brigade? Which one? Because, like, if you mean Verse, uh, don't think there's any huge changes for healers in Verse. Gate was different, though. Astro had went through a ton of changes at the start of Shadowbringers. Yeah, yeah, that's the class that did, yeah. To be fair, Astro was very unplayable at the start of uh, expansion. Mm -hmm. So, it was, uh, like, I remember my group was like, learn how to play Astro, and I play it for one day, and I'm like, I'm not even bothering practicing this class. Not only is it extremely unfun at the time, it just wasn't good. The amount of like effort to reward was extremely high compared to White Mage, where you just press glare. Yeah. So... I actually think one of the reasons we didn't get like massive buffs or changes is because we, we've talked in the past sometimes as a group, like, how does SA actually do some of these? And some of it might be off of um, play numbers. Mm. And yep. one thing we saw, at least with tanks, is very strange. Um, Paladin and Warrior are the most played tanks. Paladin needing buffs, for sure. Warrior needing a little bit to compete with high-end Gunbreaker and Dark Knight. Whereas Dark Knight and Gunbreaker have the lowest numbers, but they do the most damage. 
Now, granted, you can you can make arguments about whether or not Dark Knight actually has mitigation or not. That's kind of up to depends on how <laughs> you use it. Um, but that might play a factor in all this because they're like, oh, a bunch of people are playing these classes. We don't need to, but we also know Dark Knight and Gunbreaker are cracked right now. So why make any changes to the tanks? And then you could see something similar in the healers with, um, I think it's Astro and Scholar are the lowest used healers. Like there's over two times as many white mages as there are Astros. My Mm. source for this being like FF log statistics. Like these are just the people who upload logs. For sure. I mean, in any metric you've ever seen out there for like, censuses and whatever you always come up with white mage being dramatically overplayed over any other healer regardless of balance just yeah. like that yeah same thing with summoner it's in the same boat right now where it's whoa until this patch it was somewhat weak but it had a huge play rate anyway just because people like playing summoner it's also new and shiny so yeah that that one did get buffed though summoner got buffed even though it has that very high play rate so maybe that isn't what they look at exclusively it's probably a combination of things yeah mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how strong or weak white mage is it's always going to be the most played healer like it's got nothing to yep. do with the strength of the job yeah it's just white mage is like the classic healer like what other healer if you play final fantasy uh you know throughout the years do you think of another healer besides white mage exactly yeah, yeah. now what i think also is though a little strange that they didn't do is the range dps that's a yeah. that's a strange one right there because like you can look at the clear rates for um the second for the end boss and like at least right now with uploaded logs like eighty two percent have a bard and for a while it was like nearly a hundred percent or ninety five percent bard for the first thirteen to fifteen somewhere around that mark it was a hundred percent bard which yeah it's not surprising to us but it's surprising that they didn't change it it's egregiously out of tune with the other two range dps yeah i don't know what they were thinking with that either i mean so you said the first 13 were all like barred first 13 clears something like that it was like was it like a bit more than 15 i want to say hmm it was like this like big like a post momo made on twitter that was like look at the bard setup as of now and then it was literally just 100 percent bard the thing is it's not just this tier it seems mm-hmm. like they just like Bard has been dominant through this entire game's existence. I don't think there's been a single point in history where Bard wasn't the meta fizz range mm-hmm. at all. It's always been there. I want to so say Midas, but yeah, Midas was the exception to that. Yeah. Oh, you're right. There was a brief moment there where it wasn't, and then what double ranged came into prominence in Midas as well. I yeah, mean, they started just... seeing it again. Well, that's because of Dragoon, right? Uh, partly. It was also mostly just the fact that they buffed Machinus, and then they buffed Bard, and they buffed Machinus, and they buffed Bard, and kind of went through, like, this feedback loop until the job was basically broken. It's a lot to do with the class fantasy, too. Like, Bard is the only job in the game with a bow, right? People like that fantasy. They like that kind of archetype, so they'll just pick it. Mm -hmm. It just was exacerbated this tier because Bard is up and beyond outclassing the other two ranged by, like, miles. It's not even close. Mm. Yeah. Bard's like a third melee if you're running like two melees in terms of damage. It's crazy good. Yeah. Well, I mean, like the the lack of uh, changes was something that I think surprised a lot of people. And I, I hope Square Enix says something to that about why that was the case. But maybe they won't. Maybe they'll just leave it alone. 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's over now. Uh, it, if they if they're gonna make changes or not make changes, it doesn't really do too much with the race, though. Fortunately, right? Because you you guys are have everything leveled up. I'm assuming that you need to, uh, and you'll switch if you need to. You don't. Do you, ha- you guys have anyone that's just a playing a r- one trick in your group? One trick. Sindel. Sindel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he said he played warrior. Yeah. Yeah, he has warrior in his pocket, and I have. I usually play paladin, but I play. I'm on gunbreaker right now because it's just really fucking good. It's a really good class. Yeah. I don't know. From my experience leveling up with Paladin and everything else, like I saw, and this is just a personal thing. This is nothing to do with like balance or race, uh, like uh, how it works in the world race. Uh, it did. It was cool to have some swords and uh, that extra bit to the rotation, but I, it doesn't feel different. It feels fairly similar to me. I don't know, Brian, if you feel the same way, but it just it feels like they added a new way to throw a dot on there. Uh, but that's about it. Yeah, I mean, the complicated parts of Paladin is it's all in, like, spreadsheeting where things go. I'm sure, like, speedrunners will tell you the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paladin's complexity comes when you're trying to min-max and finding out how difficult it is to do that. Uh, in, a se- in a prog setting, trying to min-max Paladin on the fourth fight of the tier is so much harder than min-maxing a gunbreaker, mm-hmm. at least in my experience, so... Yeah, just don't miss confetti, dude. Get it. Go ahead, sorry. Oh, I was just saying, like, min-maxing it to the point you need to clear. Like, there's just right. yeah, leaps and bounds of difference there. Gotcha. Gunbreaker is just crit your double down in your blasting zone. Mm. Paladin is like the hangover math gif. <laughs> yep. Uh, Alright, so outside of jobs and everything, um, getting into this tier, I, there is a couple things that I'm curious about. Uh, when we talked on the World Race event afterwards, you all seemed pretty hype and excited for the tier overall. Are you still feeling pretty good about how this tier went uh, boss-wise, I guess, in mechanics? Like, if it's good or not? Yeah, like, if you enjoyed it, like, do you still feel good about the design and what they decided to go do for this tier? Yeah. I personally liked it. Um... Except for the first fight. I think the first fight can uh, should be deleted off the face of the planet. But <laughs> I think it's a really good point. intro fight. What? It's. I think when you only get four fights, the first fight shouldn't be that easy, but, you know, opinions. Oh, I do need to correct something, by the way. I, when I talked to you before, I was under the assumption that uh, Style's group, Style and Ariza and team, they got it on the one shot, but they did not. It was a meme. Um oh, okay. <laughs> they, I would be like honestly like like I was like actually like holy moly how do they one shot that because there's yeah. super impressed that. yeah yeah uh, what happened is they tried it a few times got disconnected then they came back and got the one shot after getting connected again so they did oh, have I a few see. tries oh, before. okay okay yeah uh, so that that was an unfortunate miscommunication but I was I was really surprised to hear that too because no other team was doing that it, this this one took about an hour I think right uh, to get it clear. <sighs> actually a pretty surprisingly difficult blind fight because there's a whole bunch of things that you only like you have to experience it. you got to fail to it to properly get it mm-hmm. uh, which they yeah. don't tend to throw too many of those typically into a blind fi- into a tier one a first tier fight sorry mm-hmm. but yeah it was definitely in this one yeah, i think i described it to someone else as like a gotcha fight like it 
Just, ah, surprise, gotcha. Now, now you got to figure out what to do with it. Because you're just going to wipe. I mean, it's good to purple. have that stuff, though, right? Yeah, that's how, like, only how the game usually works. Yeah. Just usually don't see that kind of stuff in the first fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, they, you have to think about it this way. It's like, how can we make the first fight interesting, a little bit difficult, but not too difficult? And it's usually via a gotcha or... Some mm-hmm. kind of uh, some kind of uh, gimmick, kind of similar for the second fight too. Like the gimmick is the platforms and the restricted space, right? Mm-hmm. And the first what, fight. What I will give it credit for is I think post post prog, um, there's some interesting options with how to farm the fight and reclears, which is surprising. Like Intemperance was a lot more complicated than I thought it was. Initially, I thought it was there was like some simple solution you could do that would just be always, that's it, you just do this and it's done. But it's actually, you know, there's three different patterns, and a couple of them present some interesting challenges on creating like a simple strat. And I think that even Reddit is uh, is struggling to come up with something that what? is... What? The simple strat right now is to just have your tanks take a damage down, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's what we do. That's we OP. The I love that strat True, so dude. much. Can't you but, just have everybody just handle their own tower? No, because then uh, one of the one of the north or south towers is empty. That's why you need a tank how in there, and that's how you get damage done. Because no damage if they stay there. Nobody wants the, the the north mid tower for the second set to swap their color, and if you leave it empty, it explodes. You can just swap like, but that's you the can south have two people swap position. That they would need a damage done, I think. They just need to go in and go get an ice later. Like what's Where? Wrong like I think fire. I'm pretty sure they get a damage down. Go north. They can't. They can't go north. I don't know. I've <laughs> never actually fucked it up on the runs where we were like actually trying and not trying to like do swaps around the room. It's like I think uh, the <laughs> easiest way to do it without damage down is you just have like one DPS and one tank swap spots and it solves it. But I, I think so. Yeah. That, but it's been fun looking into it. Like. How many first fights give you that much depth? Yeah, that like, is true. Reevaluating a mechanic, I think that's really cool. Usually, first fights are very simple and not much to look at. But there's I mean, a, there's binary. a lot. Of yeah, yeah. Do, go ahead. Sorry. The mechanics oh, no, are just think, like st- stand out of this, go into that. Oh, go ahead, Sorry. Oh yeah, that's just the word that I use was binary. They're very straightforward. You don't have uh, agency over how how you handle the mechanics, whereas you do in this one. Mm-hmm. There's there's both intemperance and there's fourfold shackles which both have interesting solutions. But I think we've we've settled on the the best fourfold shackles strat now. Looking around at the different ones people are coming up with, there's one where you're basically all stationary. But even that has a lot of movement with only like four seconds to get into position. So mm-hmm. I don't even know if it's best, but I don't know. I like the theory crafting this year. It's been great. Good. Good. Uh, did, has Party Finder settled on any of those strats, or are they just all over the place? <laughs> they do damage down in Temperance, and I think they do stationary positions. Yeah, they both. do. Yeah. That's all I know for one. I don't know about the other fights, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Expedience. Uh, yeah, so the, uh, the first fight, I am curious, when you went into it, what were you predicting after having two weeks of uh, normal? Did your predictions oh. come true at all? <laughs> or were they all... I mean, I grabbed the list? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, whatever your thoughts are on it, because I am I'm... interested. A whole I bunch of them convinced, came true. I was convinced that the room was going to spin while you're in the circle phase. 
a lot of us were convinced. <laughs> we thought, yeah, Zodiac thing was going to happen. We thought we were going to get the world, all of existence, you know, bent to my mm-hmm. will kind of thing going on again. Mm-hmm. Faithfully recreated. But, I mean, you have to understand as well, I'm assuming that they weren't going to go like super crazy with it, but I'm sure there was some sort of like concerns. I think everybody knew there was going to be a chariot and dynamo. I think everybody, I think I heard everybody independently could like predict that that was going to happen. And of course it did. It's like once you see the the second circle arena and how there's like a far and close, it's Mm -hmm. pretty obvious. We also, I think we predicted that it would go from like left and then right, right? Like it would just do one after the other. I remember, I remember Prepog saying that you're going to have to like handle at least three variables, like left, right, in close, which color, maybe a fourth one. You have to dodge all at the same time. Yeah, that was pretty much right. Okay. Okay. Uh, you didn't but expect I mean, like, the, go ahead. That's the easy, that's the easy one. Mm-hmm. Didn't predict the other stuff. Uh, didn't predict what? fourfold shackles at all. Yeah. I feel like the only thing that stopped the fight from being like a two shot, like even with the mechanics people predicted, was just ice and fire. Yeah. Like four foot no. shackles, you see that once and you know how to handle it with downtime pretty much immediately by just running to the corners, which is what we did. And then that's it. Like it's just ice. Ice is your problem. Yep. From there on out, ice and uh, fire. Okay. And I feel uh, like whoever cleared the fight first is like whoever solved that the fastest. Which was powerful muscle wizards. They those guys have been those guys have been progging for a while together. Yeah. yeah. I know nothing I know absolutely nothing about them, but I see them on the leaderboard every time. They're a Solera team. Like back in the day before we had uh Crystal, right? The most the least popular server. They're the raid team that uh was kind of the shining light, I guess. Uh, on the the smaller servers, and it was actually I, I've talked to him before, um, and it's really interesting. They they just a couple of guys that just want to play together, I guess, and they are happy on their smaller server. But I mean, I guess that saves queue times, right? Honestly, I wish I was on a smaller server. <laughs> yeah, maybe they, maybe so they're on at like four in the morning to make sure I can log into the game. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're. Uh, I think uh, muscle wizards are uh, on something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I was surprised by that. I don't think they've had a first before in any category at all. Uh, so definitely, congrats to them for getting that. And I think they got it like a one pull before you guys got it at like six minute difference or something like I, that. We did really. Minutes, we did like really oh. early on the first fight, right? Like we actually were like third or fourth. Oh yeah, interesting. I thought it was twelve. I thought it was 12 minutes looking at your sheet, but it might be. You were at 07, they were at 01, Entropy was at 05. Oh, really? Yeah, that's okay. what I'm yeah, okay. yeah. Um, I mean, and we can also we talk about that. Could have, Go ahead. Definitely could have killed it a lot earlier. I think, like, we saw Enrage, but we'd done something that pulled, like, really terribly that it should have died, and that was maybe 10 minutes before we killed it. So we had the ability to win it, we just didn't play well enough. We messed mm-hmm. up one of the ices, pretty sure. We did yep. something wrong there, and it just blew up the whole group. Yeah. And then we, like, zombied our way through it, and then wiped to enrage. Hmm. Uh, wait a minute, you, you guys wiped to enrage on that fight? Yep. I think it was a whole bunch of deaths. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, like, a bunch of deaths, yeah. Oh, okay. I seem to remember debating, like, one. do we really want to just go to enrage versus just wiping and starting over right away? 
but we, we decided to keep going. It's mostly okay. just like, you know, first fight, maybe the DPS check is like very, very, very lenient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were hoping for a verse tier where Ramu casts like lightning bolts seven times in a row, but I think it was only like twice. <laughs> like, oh man, please be verse, please be verse. I'm like, oh, it's in rage. He starts up the like Furies 14 or whatever. This long cast, just very slow, and then mm-hmm. starts up another cast after that, and you're just like, what the heck? When is the enrage? I mean, Ram was a really calm guy. It takes a lot to get him mad. Yeah. Yeah. He had a lot of energy to him. It's, you know, that's a cool guy, though. Uh, and he could ride on his back, too. Dude lets you ride on his back. How weird is that, right? Uh, the Ramu fight, get him as a mount. That was the weirdest thing I think I remember. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know anyone who actually actively uses that mount. I wish it would have just been, like, the flood of birds from, like, Seven as oh, a yeah. mount. That would have been, like, the best. Like, you're just, like, in the middle of all the birds, and they're oh, just like, you're from, like, a bunch of birds just, like, like flying, you're standing on, like, on top oh. of them, like, chilling. Oh, oh like, the, the cloud mount? Yeah, kind of like, like that. that. That would be kind of cool. That'd be pretty easy to make, too, I would think. But I don't know. Yeah, there you go. We got an idea. Square Enix, check to uh, thoughts per second here uh, for their mount idea. Uh, Probably not. Well, now imagine for a moment somebody actually did do that. Now imagine a hundred of those descending on you in the middle of a hunt train. <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> it's great. It's going, because Not of the, the way words. the birds move, mm-hmm. they're going to basically destroy your screen. I mean, they could just be like a texture instead of individual, like, but I mean, I don't know how video that games so work. Fun, so. mm. You can't reuse assets then. Maybe. Maybe. Anyways, anyways, is there anything else on the first fight you guys want to talk about? Hmm. It's hard to remember, I'm assuming. It's uh, more so that the fight's very straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it doesn't do a lot of damage. The shackles are just four in, four out. Chariot mm-hmm. uh, Dynamo, we've seen a lot. Yeah. It isn't much, but it was very, but it was very punishing. If one person was dead for a mechanic, things would go to go south really fast. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't recover very well, which is sort of what slowed it down, made it not like dead in thirty minutes kind of thing, you know. Oh, one thing, I'm pretty sure that tank buster is like that first line that goes off is actually a tank intercept where one tank is supposed to stand in front of the other. It I'm, is. yeah. We never encountered it. We never figured that out. No, we didn't. <laughs> no, we did, and then Sindolf told me not to do it anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, because I was like... Yeah, I was blocking it. Charge. I was blocking it for him, and he was like, stop that. What? <laughs> there are two... So, the word wild charge is like overloaded term. Yeah. Because there's the kind where you have to be in front in order to take the damage for someone else. Mm-hmm. Or there's the kind where... You're just taking a debuff for someone. Like yeah, in yeah this like a tank. Case, I'm pretty sure that whoever gets hit first is actually the one taking the debuff. So the way we handle that then is, we did a tank swap there, and the other tank would go like far, or something. Oh, the the command yeah. is working. <laughs> damn it! Oh, damn! I guess we aren't here right now. <laughs> Shit. Maybe I gotta change I that. I don't feel so good. 
That Spider-Man movie was real good, by the way, man. Just real quick tangent. That last one, fantastic. So random. <laughs> anyway, that is so random. <laughs> no, he said he's fading away. That was not feel so good with Spider-Man from the Avengers, and it all kind of clicked together in my head. All right. I uh, I don't watch Marvel movies, so. <laughs> okay. 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 Anyways, we'll get off that topic. <laughs> Uh, what were you guys saying before I realized that I still have commands that are active that shouldn't be active? Question? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, it was a tank buster, right? Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's a... Uh, yeah, the wild charge. Understood it. I thought we didn't, but apparently we did. I didn't understand it clearly. Oh, yeah, you don't I, have to understand it. You can do it either way. They both work. I still don't know if those first chains are range baited or not. The, the first just one of each? Still don't know. I'm told they're not. The purple and uh, red one. I'm pretty I'm sure they someone are. someone tried. At least I someone heard... told me they tried in Party Finder. I've heard two different things and I'm not really sure. Maybe chat knows. Maybe chat will tell you three different things. Are there any PF gods in chat? <laughs> you can tell us how their mechanic works. Hi. <laughs> we cleared. Okay, buffs are not baited. Okay, they're not baited. Says chat. Okay. Okay. There we go. We fixed the we fixed the command. Um. All right. So uh, that's it, I guess, for the first one. I mean, graphically, did you guys enjoy the fight? Did you feel like visually it was a fun fight to go through? Yeah, it was. I thought it was conceptually interesting. I mean, it's a dude swinging chains around, and we haven't really <laughs> seen that weapon before in the game, at least not to my immediate remembrance. So, Thematically, right. this entire raid tier owns. It's basically like a Castlevania game, and I love it. Yeah. All right, I have a, I have a complaint about the first boss, okay? So this guy okay. is a specialist in chains, but he never chains players together. Yeah! It does. Oh, he kind of, that's the, the close change. The purple. I mean, he right? never puts you in a really. jail either. Is that what you're into? I really didn't like. Some people are into that. <laughs> <laughs> he did never like root us in place either, did he? Nope. Nope. We thought that he would root us in place because, you know, that makes sense. Like, chains. It's, it's a chains. You think he'd like bind you or something. No? Mm. Like, yeah, we have... in pairs and like you can't break it. You have to move together. It's that kind of thing. We actually thought he would freeze us in the towers, and that we would have to sit in the towers for a really long time. I was like, okay, he's a jailer, and that mechanic is going to come back. So what if he freezes us in the tower, and we have to pay really close attention to uh, which tower we get frozen in, or like jailed in? And the room would spin. And then the room would spin in. (laughs) Yeah, dude, we had all kinds of crazy... Zodiac would just show up in like the corner there. Mm Mm-hmm. I did like how he, when he does the chariot dynamo, like he pulls out his arsenal. Like, Ooh, I got a ball and chain over here, a chakram over here. <laughs> it's pretty cool. And Sindoff's the only one that just really didn't like that fight. Yeah, I, I mean, I, was I thought it was kind of, I thought it was kind of boring. Okay. It's, I mean, I like it. I yeah, like it post prog, but in prog, I thought it was kind of boring. I think it is probably the best. Uh, expansion intro fight that we've had yet. Wrong. That's no evil. way. It doesn't beat Chaos. No way. Chaos is oh, expansion, expansion, expansion intro. Expansion. Yeah, yeah, as in like we're teaching all the new people how to play the game. Well, okay. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair to to be fair to 
Keo's point, it is like a very low bar, but Sphia is right. I think it is definitely that, the that's best. Definitely the point. best first fight of a fifth expansion of an MMO made in Japan. Like in the. <laughs> I think the issue Goku was saying Eden, but I think the issue of Eden was the one-minute cutscene. I think most people had with it, right? Um, yeah, I'm glad, we, I'm glad we didn't have that this time, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. You gonna say you liked it? I was gonna say that it was a great bathroom break during Prague. <laughs> Nobody I mean, actually can go to the bathroom that fast. I, I, think I don't know. I, did. I think I you could know. argue that E1S is more fun than this, as a better intro to this, if you exclude the cutscene. Okay, okay. It was a really good fight. It was okay. I thought this was better, though. Okay. okay. So going into the second fight, then. Uh, okay. So, again, same kind of question here. Expectations you had for this fight and what you actually encountered. Like, what were you thinking? Uh, I think we expected, like, puddles, right? But that didn't happen. Yeah, persistent puddles, like lingering after you do like tainted flood or something, was yeah. one of the guesses we had that just didn't come to fruition. I mean, no. go ahead. At no point in the fight does it actually require you to assign eight individual players to the bridges, because you can fit um, eight tainted floods on the bridges if the uh, platforms are all covered in water. That is and something remember, we thought was going to happen. Yeah, we thought all of them were... It was only one at a time, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, we had so many ideas for how the real estate would work in that fight, but the fact that he makes one corner of the room dead basically killed all of our theories. Yeah. yeah all all the theories were useless at that point, because he just locks a platform down and you can't use it. Hmm. Was that most of what you guys were thinking? Uh, like, just... Uh... Alright, so you, you realize there's one platform that was not there anymore what was the first i guess wall that you saw when you were doing this fight like going into it now you're thinking hey a lot of our thoughts aren't like what we were thinking was going to happen is not happening what uh what was that first wall you hit afterwards limit cut limit cut okay i don't think anybody really expected there to be a limit cut in that fight that was totally new yeah yeah Yeah, you know what like when we when we're thinking back on it a lot of our predictions just completely fell through the floor in that fight. I think like a lot of the stuff that we predicted would just was not anywhere near what the I boss th- actually ended up doing. I think it was also the fight we had the least predictions about. Yeah, we had some ideas, and I think we've listed those ideas. We thought we'd be trapped on platforms. We thought that maybe the platforms would become unsafe because of bubbling. We did make that prediction because I mean, there's a grate on the platform, right? Like. It, it's probably gonna bubble up, but we we thought maybe it'd be like way later or something. It's like a I, I don't really remember there being a fight like that in fourteen before. So personally, I like it because of how like different it is. Okay, like the difference as in that. like what? As in like in their raid design in general. Like they kind of just went away with boss positioning since they just let you hit the boss from wherever. Mm-hmm. But then they made the boss like do a bunch of like jumps and uh, other things. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, it's like a more experimental boss than what they usually do. I mean, that's the second the turn, though, fight. right? Don't they do that a lot on second turns? Well, think about it this way. Uh, usually there's some sort of gimmick on a second boss fight. Like, for example, in E2S, the gimmick is 
that the boss has like very specific protean positions you have to be in and you have to adjust based on that shit. And uh, in in that boss, it, it, there isn't a whole lot of protean or anything like that. It's com it completely subverted our expectations, to be honest. It's just different. Okay. He isolates the plat. He knocks out one platform, then throws stuff at you that you have to run around the room for. In that in that confined space, they actually made it feel even more confined. Hmm. Which I thought was really cool. Okay. Okay. Um, I guess this fight took you about uh, an hour and a half, so one lockout. You guys were able to get the clear on it, right? Yeah. 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 I don't think anything particularly held us up a lot on that fight. We mm. kind of went through everything pretty quick. Limit cut took too long. Yeah, that's about it. Limit cut took too long, and uh, the very end of the fight we had to do that twice and the only reason we i feel like we got through that is because we sort of zombied our way through the last mechanic hmm yeah we had a little bit of, i mean it's in it yeah we had a little bit of a hiccup in that fight but it, yeah Which is like it's weird because it's like we go in if we mm -hmm. go in there again it's probably going to be done very quickly because conceptually after the fact the mechanic is very simple at the end of the fight Okay. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, I, I would guess this would be the first two fights are supposed to be the ones that kind of like get rolled over. Right. Um, so in your opinion, this is what they should do for second fights or are they a little bit off the mark? No, I, th I think the second fight was one of their better designed fights overall okay. in terms of difficulty. Mechanics were really good. A lot of dancing, mm -hmm. very mechanically heavy second fight. But still forgiving a little bit on the execution. Mm -hmm. I don't know, except for a couple spots. A couple, couple like, surprisingly tight execution spots. Like the, um, the pushing arrows into coherence was very surprisingly difficult. And I liked it. I don't know. I think it's a good poster child for how you should do a second fight. That's... I rated it the highest of any of the fights except for the fourth one this tier. On my oh, like, really? Ratings. Okay, okay. I think I'm going to enjoy playing this one way more often in uh, Party Finder than uh, First Fight. I've heard lots of horror, horror stories about uh, Party Finder in that fight. A lot I'm of people fine. stuck. It seems very straightforward, though. Like, you can't come up with too many crazy strats. So I think it'll be, for me, who doesn't Party Finder very often and doesn't really want to learn the Party Finder strats, I think that's going to be a fun fight. Mm. Like, to me, that is an entry-level fight because there's, like, one way to do everything. And you don't have to think too much about it. I feel like a lot of it's very straightforward as long as you understand Limit Cut. As so, long as you understand that, it's... the whole thing just comes together. I think it's kind of messed up that um, the fight's called Hippocampus, but it's not even a hippo. Can we, can hippo. you know what a hippocampus is? Isn't it part of your brain? Yeah, yeah it is. Not even a hippo, dude. I don't know it's, if I have one of those. It's, it's, yeah. To be honest, the boss, the boss. Yeah, is... what I was, what I was implying wasn't the brain. There's like the mythological hippocampus that, that that looks like that. It's Greek mythology, like everything else in this tier. Have yeah. you guys learned you have to understand lore, mythology, and everything else to clear these these fights quickly? Interestingly enough, that actually hurt us in the last fight. Yes. <laughs> oh, it. 
<laughs> oh yeah, the Chalmus. Yep, then that word. We we had no idea if we had used a dictionary to look up what that word meant, we would have solved the first mechanic of the fourth fight a lot sooner. Wait, what does Chalmus mean? Cloak. Cloak. Uh oh. I thought it was like some like chalice he had on his sword or something. That's really straightforward when you think of it that way. So, balone uh, means blade or something, right? Yeah, sword. and then the clamus is a cloak. It's uh, really, really, really obvious. Yes, it absolutely would How would that have helped? Yeah, because helped. then you'd look at which one he's powering up after each time he eats Yeah, but that, we, I mean, we've been over this. That doesn't matter. It's the yes, order. It <laughs> the order doesn't change. You're does. not wrong, but it's if more. It's better to it understand help. why. Makes it more obvious. Like we literally solve that through trial and error. Yeah. So Koji got you guys basically, right? They're just like, if you're not an English major, you're not Wait. hardcore raiders. Mt. Got it again. What does the Japanese say? Yeah, I knew you were gonna. I have to go back and see. I don't remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but going back to the second fight for a little bit. It's gonna pull out the katakana. <laughs> JP just says cloak in the, the ability names. <laughs> stuff like that has happened before, so I'll have to double check what you guys know. I mean, that's the ultimate we, coil, right? Uh, Bahamut. It was in Bahamut, like, you had to look at only the kanji for the the nail stuff, and then it was like starboard, larboard versus left cannon and right cannon. Was, yeah, Japanese. left cannon and right cannon. Yeah. It was very easy for me. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right, all right. Uh, did you guys? I guess the second fight. We're pretty much done with that. Is there anything else that we want to throw in about the second fight? It's, it's pretty. It's, pro it's actually probably more straightforward than the first fight. I mean, we we could <laughs> compare like in since Voidwalker versus this because that Voidwalker was like the second fight, right? Versus uh, of yeah. that expansion versus this one. Um, and I felt like Voidwalker was like a fun fight, but uh, the end killed most most groups. Uh, oh, the cycles! Yeah, yeah, yeah cycles <laughs> fucked people up, man. Yeah, there is one other thing about sure. that fight. We had a it had a bug in it um, that it's was not revealed later. It's not a bug. No, they brought That's... they. It's in the patch they notes. They changed it, yeah, but it's it's not really a bug. It's just intended game mechanics working with in a bad way with that mechanic that is a bug <laughs> we call those bugs is it a bug it's yes. doing exactly what the game we is call supposed those to. bugs can you guys I mean, explain yeah. that to me a little bit because i feel like i missed so, that completely the way i understand it is like if you get knocked back from the uh like the uh, water arrow and you zero out the damage it can't properly knock you back so you just die Okay. I, th I thought it was that you it didn't calculate that you took damage, so you failed the yeah, mechanic. I thought I thought that was there as like an anti-tank like invuln strat, but then I thought about it for like five seconds and realized that no, probably not. It's just no. the way that they attach uh, mechanics to damage sometimes, and if you zero the damage, the effect, mm -hmm. the added effect, won't go through. Is more or less what was happening here, and that didn't go well for this particular one. Okay, so that was a design issue overall. Because, uh, I mean, yeah, like Sophia is saying, that's like intended for some fights where tanks are, don't get knocked back or whatever when they don't take damage. But this, you needed to get knocked back 100%, yes. and they were 
putting a way in there to prevent that, which is a bad way to put it in there because you typically want to not take damage, right? And so making that as a bad thing is is. I guess that's like I don't know. That's weird. Zeroing out dots by taking zero damage. It's the same premise and the same like, mm -hmm. sort of mechanic going on, but it just works against you in this case. Okay. Okay. Still a bug. Somebody asked me yesterday, um, did that ever happen to us in Prague? And I said, I don't think so. It did you not. Guys, it, we, it had, did not. we did have a death, though, at a range that I felt was far enough. It might have been right on the line. There was a time when like Shin died. I'd have to check the footage sometime. There, there was, there were a couple pulls where I did crit deploy that um, that mechanic. So I would think it would have killed somebody, but I don't remember, or at least we didn't understand at that point that that was what caused the death. I think uh, I skimmed through the footage because somebody had asked me the same thing, and I'm pretty sure that didn't happen. But I only really skimmed through the footage, so why MMV? I'll have to go find the footage. I'm thinking about okay okay well let's go into the third fight then uh we can start talking about that because that's when uh we start facing like a decent challenge it takes a couple of lockouts to clear i think for you guys it took uh three and a half hours Sounds does that sound right yeah um so uh, i guess similar thing what were your expectations going into this fight like what were you uh thinking you were gonna see we we actually went and did a T twelve before the patch. We were, we we struggled through it. Um, we'd like we took off gear to make it a challenge. Mm. Um, we're expecting Phoenix mechanic. Yeah, what actually ended up we actually thought we would only jump in there really quick, but it ended up being a little bit of a foray into some of the uh, or a foray. I guess I don't know how you pronounce that word. Into a lot of the old uh, final or final coil of Bahamut fights. Mm -hmm. And we spent oh, quite a bit of time in T12 running around, uh, doing stuff, practicing with the pinions and all kinds of other stuff, which surprisingly came back. Pinions are back. You drop them yourself and then you send them through the room. Okay. Uh, we also correctly predicted that, like, because we saw the Blackfires had like a stack of one in normal mode. So mm -hmm. the idea is, oh, they probably have more stacks in savage and i think yeah, we, we just came out with a way to like remove as many stacks as possible which was exactly what you needed to do for that mechanic we actually yeah, we, practiced that specific thing that we ended up doing in savage in normal yeah we ended oh. up trying to see if you could stand in the center and hit all four too and realized you couldn't do that from those positions hmm like since we so. we saw the little squares right so it's like okay you know that's obviously where the blackfires are gonna be wait no no you place them i'm stupid ignore me yeah, you placed them right. in Savage. So there was yeah. a chance, but we quickly found out that they tether. <laughs> so, mm. Yep, I remember that. Not to do that. Mm. Okay. We kind of predicted a lot successfully in that fight. I think the first thing that was actually a surprise, like, oh, this is going to be a real thing, is what happened during Ad's phase. Like, we predicted mm. that they'd bring the back to life, but we didn't expect, like, chained dives. That's That was a cool mechanic. Yeah, but effectively a limit cut. Yeah. Everything before that, I feel like we already had a plan for going in. Okay. We didn't, did we predict that the middle thing was baited? Like, we figured that out really fast, but... No, but I mean, that's that's yeah. not like a, 
a big deal, right? I think like two people died to it the first poll. We also yeah. predicted who died to like, it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone did. I, I think people just survived the poll. It's so toxic for us. You're gonna you're gonna figure it out very quickly because a melee is gonna get hit by it. Kind of greed. Mm. Okay. Uh, keep or going. <laughs> Sorry. We, yeah, like, we figured out, like, Ash, Plume, or Charplume, whatever it was, we, we predicted that there was going to be, like, a single orb version of that, too. And yeah, that was there's, correct. Yeah, there's the spread version in normal, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we thought it was going to be either a stack or two stacks, and we yeah, guessed it was, full stack, but it and then we just stack. all instantly died. The first yep. time we saw it, yeah, we're like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. it's two. When we saw the big orb, we were like, ah, okay. It's either one or two. We're gambling. I think this was also a fight where you guys were talking about rotating the like the fire cross oh, thing. Oh my god. <laughs> Just like <laughs> rotating the arena. Well, did you guys overall enjoy this fight? Did you feel like it was a, a lot of fun to do? Seeing f- f- how do you pronounce that? Like the prop Phoenix? Yeah. Phoenix. Were you I thought it was awesome? It. it was very like very quick pace compared to typical third fights. Yeah, I... he's just doing like seven abilities back to back versus like Leviathan, who's like raid wide, raid wide. Mm-hmm. And the boss would build on them too. Like the boss would set had... one. Good. What if we had twelve fountains of fire and they all went off five seconds after each other? Like it. Yeah, it was really cool how they built they built off of each other. Like uh, they would set up like the plus shape in the room, and then they would make you do stuff in the tiny little quadrant and the tornado. They would do a bunch of mechanics for each set of tornadoes. It was really cool. Okay, you weren't like, upset uh, at all that they they were just doing Phoenix again, right? Like that wasn't something that bothered you. You felt like they I mean, did enough with the fight to make it feel good. Like it, it 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 was like you know they definitely were inspired by Phoenix, but it did not feel like T twelve at all mostly okay yeah. i think it's like i think that's my favorite fight in the tier three is it's, really it's up there if it if it wasn't such an annoying looking arena in terms of your eyeballs, oh yeah that's fair um, that's... it would be higher rated for me but i i get so tired of looking at it it actually makes my that, eyes that is that is fair the arena so that's, yeah. the that's only... a very common complaint yeah if they fixed that it would be rated a lot higher for that's my request to Square Enix. Allow us to queue into a dark mode. <laughs> burn your eyes at 2 a.m. in the morning. Dark mode is just dimming the contrast or brightness on your monitor, dude. I, you know, that's all you got to do. No? no. True. <laughs> they, they, you know yeah. what's funny? They do that for... They've actually been doing that for a lot of fights. And I'm not sure why that's not like something that's taken into consideration every time they make a fight. Because they have done that over and over again, especially with like the you know me being on the PvP side. The PvP arena has been blinding for years, for like three years. They just left it this bright, shining arena. So oh yeah, all you have to do is just turn on the colorblind mode, and that changes the color in here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is true. That is true. Uh, I actually like haven't messed with that at all. I was just playing around with the settings here. Yeah, uh, the. Colorblind mode makes things look real trippy uh, if you're not colorblind. <laughs> it gets kind of crazy. It, it was actually I tried it once when I was doing uh, like Boja Fates and mm-hmm. uh, Chocobo, and it was actually really interesting because I do think there are some things in this game 
that color-wise are like things start blending into the ground in certain fights way easier than in other fights and it, it really seems like colorblind mode can help with that mm-hmm. although i think se should actually more so start looking at a sort of like a way for players to customize that because it's just it's just it will increase the accessibility to their game I mean, it will, but do you feel like that's going to be like uh, part of like the strategy? Who can like optimize their visuals? <laughs> yes, actually, to some degree. Yeah, because uh, that's just—you can make stuff if you change the colors like that. You can make stuff look really, really weird, right? And I feel like that kind of goes against a lot of their philosophy with uh, people kind of manipulating the way that the game looks and then making the game look bad in their light like they could really make the colors get real goofy and stuff and post a screenshot of that and they might not like that um i don't know i mean i agree with you i think that they should just change it to where it's a little bit more obvious with the visuals and everything and they have done a lot of good work with some stuff but uh you're right (laughs) watching the stream and seeing people progress that fight it was just red red and bright the entire time and I didn't keep my eyes on the screen the entire time. Same issue I had with Kefka back in Sigma Escape for that arena. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yellow. Definitely Kefka had that problem. Yeah. Yeah. God, Kefka was very bright, very annoying to look at. But yeah, other than that, I think Phoenix Is that how it's actually Phoenix. 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 Hooked on. It's like he's a phone. Hooked phone-in. on <laughs> But yeah, that, that's probably my favorite fight of the tier. I, I really enjoyed it. Really? Awesome. Okay. Huh. Sam, I thought it was an amazing third fight. Yeah, for for a third fight of the first raid tier, the expansion, or yeah, it was extremely good. Well, what honestly. felt really better than Leviathan? <laughs> yeah. So, so like right at the end of the fight, there's well, I'm maybe getting ahead of myself. There's a lot of different parts of the fight that we really liked, but there's one part of the fight that caught us off guard. In our kill video, that uh, I mean, you could tell we were still learning parts of the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so earlier in the fight, once you get through ads, the boss does like this. Uh, he does like a Shiva optical sight into a black, a random black orb, which is either stack or spread. And it takes a while for that to come out, right? It takes forever for that to actually come out. Uh, after you do the uh, the death debuffs where you have to get hit by the eyes that are facing the middle of the room. Spoiler alert. Um, you then have to... You're going to get an optical site where it's the big orb first. You have to get the hell out of the arena immediately. Which is uh, the opposite of what you did earlier. Mm-hmm. And uh, it actually caught us off guard and I, I made a really terrible call and I killed Sphia and myself. Uh, and that was on, the, our, on, on our kill, kill pull. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So you, Go ahead. Doesn't matter. Kill. <laughs> it was so. I mean, it's just like it's crazy. I I really enjoy like for a third fight to have that in uh something like that for the first fight of the expansion is really cool. Really, really like that. The first third fight. Yeah. Yeah. First third fight. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There is a lot of fifty fifties in that fight, and we're playing Final Fantasy fourteen. So uh, you can have a very different experience going through that fight than some other people might. Yeah. How many, times, did, how many get... times did we get? Yeah, I was gonna say quick march in a row. Versus, I think I, like, I, 
I dead ass only think we saw the like the side dive bombs three times total. We saw them right at the start, and yeah. for like four times in a row, and then we saw nothing but quick march for about two hours. <laughs> yep. I really, that would be one of my questions for the dev team if I ever was able to sit down with them because mm -hmm. that is like the fifty fifties in this game are statistically improbable. I, like <laughs> I mean, I have we haven't done any like statistical testing, right? Like it could all just be like outliers, you know. Well, sample no, size of like twenty is not very high. It's sample size of twenty is not very high, but to get the same thing multiple times in a row like that is also unlikely. There's also like <laughs> there, there's also like that one fun Twitter account that's been popping up, uh, the XIV stats one oh, that yeah. like, aggregates data across multiple pools, and you can find mm -hmm. that at least with the uploaded pools that people have done, there is. Um, ability, there is certain patterns that seem to be more common than others mm -hmm. and I'm wondering if that's in there by design I mean yeah, yeah. Could be. like 75% 25% maybe or something 66 isn't real anyways it's all fake math did you know that humans are terrible uh, have terrible judgment on anything that's random we, we really can't tell but uh, I will I will say this. It definitely feels like we, we have this phrase we like to say all the time, which is like instance bias question mark, because mm -hmm. so often when you zone in, you'll get the same one or two roles until you zone out and zone back in. And it feels really consistent. It feels like it happens way too often to be like a coincidence. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, if they do stuff like that on the first fight, you may even think that, like, that's just how the mechanics are and you never even see one of the other mechanics. I mean, there's, like, a really good example of that in, like, uh, if you blue mage AAS, you get, uh, during the uh, verdict and judgment or whatever, you get this, mm -hmm. it's really consistent. You get, like, the uh, same couple rolls or same two variations of rolls really consistently. Mm -hmm. So a lot yeah. of people... On a lot of player. Yeah, so you start to really think that hey, maybe there is instance bias. You know what I mean? Right. And then you and then you wonder what they apply it to. Sound real tinfoil hat right now. <laughs> know, we were like, oh, yeah. Just saying. <laughs> uh. like if they're doing something like that, how they generate like RNG isn't just the standard. Like, let's go in and just say random dot random in the code. It could be based off of something else that's been happening in the fight. Yeah. And so the reason that sorry. players are consistent, then you end up with a semi-consistent outcome. Mm. Yeah, the reason that stood out to me is because in another third fight, sorry, we had another very similar situation, which mm -hmm. meant that we got to the end of the fight and had never seen one permutation oh. of a mechanic. Oh, God. That's the sort of thing that can happen there. Uh... Yeah. Nope. Cool. Keep verse. <laughs> TPS yeah. stands for the probable seed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now that you're talking about it, it would be... Jesus Christ, why is the going off that dog? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> now that you guys are talking about it, uh, I, I think that, like, it is interesting to think, hey, if you do this one mechanic this one way and you just have no clue that you're doing it that one way the entire time and they change another mechanic in the future... I would be really curious if they have actually implemented anything like that, but I figured we would figure that out if they did. But I don't know. 
so <laughs> I, we'll see. I mean, that is interesting. I hope they do something like that. Like, if you guys take this much damage as this mechanic or something like that and just really throw people off. Uh, but uh, if they see. want to give you control over mechanics like that, they have to make it at least somewhat related and tangible and understandable. But right now, nobody can make any sense of it. So okay. we're all just guessing. Yeah. If, I mean, at the same time, if it was an actual thing, you would probably see it the same RNG all the time in a lot of the speedruns. Hmm. Which I don't think you do. Well, I mean, yeah, you do, you don't. But I mean, the logs are all going to be exact same mechanics, right? Because the fastest run is always going to be, I guess, like the. Uh, there's only one set of mechanics that leads to the fastest run. I would think in speedruns, right? Yes, but like, you need to be very yeah. consistent with your abilities in order to do that stuff relatively fast. Yeah. So, what's then? What's probably going to happen then is. Over time, players would have probably started to notice this trend if it was actually player-controlled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it most likely isn't. You know what? Uh, I, I might as well ask this, because I haven't asked this in a while. Is Shin back yet? <laughs> is Shin here? can't believe Shin is fucking oh, no. dead. He'll be back. He'll be back soon. Shin's stuck doing real-life things that popped up. That's okay. He can... Uh, he, he's here in spirit. That's all that matters. Um... Okay, well, is there anything else on the third fight you guys want to go over before we jump into the uh, last fight here? Well, I want to say that I, I like the third fight, and I think it's one of the more interesting ones of um, the tier. But as uh, like Ara said earlier, I think that's just because of its tempo being much higher. Mm -hmm. It's fast. You're always doing something. There's not a huge amount of downtime. And players generally like that. Like Whenever I think about what people seem to consider some of the best fights in the game. It's almost always when you're doing something all the time. Mm -hmm. There isn't as much downtime. You you don't have as much rest. You just get to straight in, go, go, go. Mm -hmm. And this is definitely one of those. I, uh, I at least wanted to go on record as saying something about um, the healing in that fight. Um, I thought it was really interesting that they gave us a lot of different gauntlet-type mechanics where just doing the dance correctly is not enough. And it would kill you if the heals weren't timed in between certain aspects of the damage. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, um, when the ads come out and they go into... To, if you're... This is a big gear, crafting gear, of course. Um, mm -hmm. The ads come out and they tether to you, and if you're at full health, the, like, ambient damage from the boss that's going on there, there's, like, little, little bits of fire rain will strip off shields. And when you're spreading out into your positions, if you don't do something, you know shield wise at the last second people will just straight up die to the damage without anything in between and i couldn't figure out why that was if it was like a we weren't pulling the tethers far enough or something like that but that happens multiple times in the fight i like that a lot as a healer it was like it really taught you to be disciplined about where you're putting your cooldowns and it was very satisfying so okay i mean yeah. i mean that's well, been a huge complaint like overall it's just how healers interact with these fights going through them and stuff uh, and uh, how there's a lack of healing when your team's playing really well. Um, would you say that like this tier felt... I mean, we're, we're only talking about the first three fights right now, so uh, mm. I guess it's not completely fair, but would you feel like healing was pretty good for these first three fights? Yeah, it was excellent. The healing balance was perfect, uh, and I, I don't... Like, I complained a lot about healing balance and stuff like Verse. The healing was really inconsistent, and there were huge downtimes where there's nothing to do with Broil or Glare. 
And that mm-hmm. was not engaging, and it was kind of felt like it was bad design from a, you know, like a healer didn't play this fight clearly because <laughs> they would have mm-hmm. said, "We need damage here." But this, <laughs> all these fights were designed much better than that. They all felt very smooth from a, a healer CD and and damage incoming standpoint. Okay. And, yeah, and tank damage, tank damage was surprisingly satisfying. Okay, yeah, a lot of it. Good examples of tornado phase, uh, or actually, I found that devs actually like to call this phase as Panda Crater, where everything <laughs> is just shit hits the fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, between every like mechanical gauntlet, there you need some kind of mitigation or healing, or people just die to the ambient damage. I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, actually, one thing in normal mode, one of our predictions we couldn't figure out. Phantom pointed out, what are these six squares on the outside of the arena for? And we thought they would be like a Y-shaped uh, devouring brand, like when it cuts the arena off. But it was actually just the tornado spots. And uh, the squares are just the knockback indicators. Like, you stand here for the knockback, so you live. So I thought that was pretty interesting. They really they really, really did a lot with the arena, uh, arena floor in this fight. Good. Yeah. It was very well done. Also, I did find it funny that one of the healer checks is literally deleted by Macrocosmos. Like, we actually did that in the prog poll. I'm like, this doesn't work, does it? And then I'm walking back in, and instantly everyone hits 100%. And we take zero damage from the raid wide after, which had wiped us the pull before. Yeah, we even tank LB'd it. ridiculous. We we tank LB'd it. (laughs) Didn't do any damage. And Phantom is on on the kill poll. You can hear him being like, huh? (laughs) I didn't do any damage. Yeah, he was like, what the hell? That did, like, no damage. Nice. <laughs> we, do, we had to move on and not think about it because but it was so weird. Man. So I, I do want to talk about this for since we talked to healers real quick. I, I do want to ask the tank question, too, because there was a lot of talk about tanks. And one of the things that they said about uh, tanks going into this expansion is that their skill is going to make a little bit of a difference with the timing of cooldowns and everything. Do you feel like that was the case at all? Like... Do you feel like tanks felt good this expansion so far? Uh, I mean, if you're talking about Dark Knight or Gunbreaker, Gunbreaker feels feels good. I mean, Paladin feels good too. It just doesn't do damage. But the Busters, yeah, we were very comfortable for the Busters. I feel like we had enough mitigation. But I did like how many there were. And the fact that they were tethers meant that positioning mattered. Because you mm-hmm. can't have people all over the place. If anyone's under the boss and the tanks are trying to pick up the tether, it's just like in A3S. You're trying to pick up the tether and it's not going on you. It's very frustrating. So, mm-hmm. Though they are a little bit more responsive than they used to be. I don't know if you remember how old tethers were, but they're miserable to try to pick up. Mm-hmm. I mean, tethers are much better now um, than they were in the past, and they're not that big a deal, I feel like. They're never a big deal if people actually stack up and don't move, but, you know, nobody ever does that. That's me complaining. <laughs> a UMT. Um, Damn. But, like, damage-wise, I actually feel like one thing I'm noticing is I feel like I'm starting to really feel diminishing returns uh, become a thing for my mitigation. Mm. Because there is a lot more damage than there was before. That you have to actually mitigate, especially in the third fight. Third fight just feels like it's constantly popping busters at you way more than before. I mean, it's not that often, but it's at a good rate. But if we're thinking about it in comparison to previous tiers, especially Shadowbringers, where you'd pop your whole kit and then you just <laughs> AFK, mm-hmm. maybe you'll pop your invuln. You might pop the invuln because mm-hmm. there might, may or may not be another uh, tank buster. Like, it, it's refreshing to see that. 
So you feel like you actually have to spread out your cooldowns a lot more. Yeah. You do feel like you have to spread them out more. Although it it's I haven't really like gone a quick a good enough hold yet of how much do I need for each buster? How much should I putting be putting on it? And then how much on auto attacks? Because hmm. I personally feel like auto attacks are usually more deadly than busters. Okay. To people yes. like yeah, <laughs> like the the fourth fight especially that buster is kind of whatever that ain't what that's not what's gonna kill you. It's any sort of mechanic plus AOE damage into the boss is just sitting there autoing you the whole time. That's what's going to kill you. Mm. And that's a very common place for things to kill you. Great um, example, Glory Plume, when it's spread spread, the main tank is actually getting destroyed there. So you need to be ready to heal them when you're, as you're doing the spread and the mechanic. Okay. So let's do that. Let's get into the fourth fight here. Uh, and let's start... You know, phase one, I guess, before the transition to phase two and everything. Uh, so that fight, how do you feel your predictions went going into it? Hmm. Did we predict for that? Uh, we didn't have a lot because, you know, normal mode for P4 is, is just phase one, mm -hmm. which, which doesn't have that much mechanics. I think, I don't think any, like, what, we predicted that, like, the squares that were being... Like use would like actually kill you if you stood in them yeah we also predicted uh that the markers weren't going to be there on the edge of the room during like easterly ship northerly ship oh, but i feel like yeah. everybody knew that wasn't not going to be i mean be yeah those are like not... those are like pretty obvious mm -hmm. otherwise they were it's actually i can't really think of many that we actually got right i think like other than that i think uh we also just did not have that many predictions for it. Okay. You guys didn't think, think too much about the, the no tank, no healer kind of uh, stuff that they were doing? I think we predicted that they'd resolve the, the Pinex in pairs of two. But mm. in terms of the, the role-based stuff, uh, there's so many ways they could have taken that, right? It's just mm -hmm. be ready for it, I guess. Okay. Okay. Um, well, then again, how did you... How'd you feel about the first phase after you completed it? Did you feel pretty good about it? You feel like that it felt like a satisfying first phase? It was... It was fast-paced. It was confusing. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't I think a had... lot of the... Yeah, I don't think a lot of the tells for the mechanics are very clear. And I think it's too similar to normal mode. I thought mm. it was not that great of a jump from normal mode to savage for a door boss. Okay. Really? I disagree. The more, like, the more that time passes, the more I start to dislike P4 in general. Honestly. Really? What didn't you like? It it feels so boring. It's like it's like it feels exactly like Promise, right? Like you have that first phase with a relatively tight check and like some mechanics, and the second phase is just like much more lenient dps check with a bunch of like dances it's literally just gaia if they're gonna keep doing that over and over again i i would not be a fan it's just so I much more fit design it's so much more fast paced than promise though like the door boss and promise like you go whole minute stretches like once the like titan jails or the titan uh, junction finishes there's so little going on 
movement wise like until like there's just not much you just make a tiny little shimmy over here tiny little shimmy over there one little memory game it's just so little and this fight is just coming at you so fast with the mechanics that are all very razor's edge i, I love it is it there's like a minute like where you're just sitting there before the orbs come out yeah that's the one uh, downtime though the there's like the towers and the like the beginning of the fight and then the towers are also just like kind of sit there take a tower yeah there's, I think there's if, quite a bit of downtime i feel like if, if we were to directly compare them you could consider the towers and the fact that they're just literally a memory game and a very small like problem solving thing to be similar to the the crystals in promise right and i think the execution and the understanding of the the role-based stuff is way harder than don't stand in one of these two shapes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you guys are like half and half on this, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, that's good, guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. Varied opinions on it. Yeah. There was one, there's one part of the fight that caught our group off guard a lot, and it's when the boss goes to the edge of the room. Um, there was a lot of, they, we had some issues like with, uh, lightning killing people coming out cause they didn't realize how fast it goes off. Like he starts casting lightning and his jump to the edge of the room. And a lot of people are thinking about, okay, what's the cleave, right? They're thinking, what's the cleave? What do I need to do? Do I need to be the side? Do I need to get sure cast, blah, blah, blah. And then like, before they knew it, lightning just goes off and they're dead. And it's like, oh yeah. shit, I should have been faster. <laughs> Personal responsibility on that fight is very high. Like, Promise had a whole lot of, you could generally follow the leader or listen to a call out and you'd be fine. Mm -hmm. If somebody would say, in Intercardinal, and it's like, okay. Somebody, you know, or the group would move to a position. You know, a lot of the uh, Oracle, um, what do you call them, the cata Cataclysm or something? The, the in-between phases, between the relativities. Or a lot of that was follow the leader, for the most part. You, you could get away with that and mostly do the mechanic. You can't really follow the leader in anything. And these in P4 and phase one or phase two. Do and I like that a lot. Do you feel like expedient did you guys a, a big favor on this fight at all with that? Like having to figure out that decision and move quickly? I, I think everybody likes expedient. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah. I think like the one really that, that nobody like it's so underrated its movement speed in any game. It's always the most underrated like buff you can give yourself because most games just have like places where there's a lot of movement where you need to like avoid things. Mm -hmm. Final Fantasy is no exception. And just having more time to be able to get to another place mm -hmm. means you have like more time to then think about what's going to happen next or, you know, other things in the fight. The amount of times this tier that I got, oh, that expedience nice or oh, that expedience is doing like random comments in the middle of prog was pretty <laughs> satisfying. It was a very popular skill. Were you guys planning expedient for certain parts or you were trying to get used to mechanics? I tried to map it to specific mechanics, yeah. Just so it was consistent and people could expect it so they wouldn't waste their sprint. Okay. And I was also calling it out the first handful of times so people knew mm -hmm. um, it was coming so they wouldn't waste their sprint. Okay, okay. The amount of times that intangible utility in this game that aren't you know directly tied to numbers is actually useful is very, very low. So mm -hmm. it's really cool that it was super useful here. Like things like rescue, right? They have really niche case uses and they're not super great for strategy and things like that. But expedient feels like it's always good. Well, I think the biggest question that really came up with expedient wasn't that like 
intelligent oh i'm sorry i'm, I'm phrasing this wrong really good players would be able to uh uh take make use of it it was more of the random use uses that would happen in party finder and in the casual environment uh where i think a lot of people were confused uh about how that was going to work out because you use it then you run into a wall because you just don't understand um how expedient is going to be affecting you and people are just throwing it out randomly versus like when you you guys are going to like intentionally use it at certain points where it's useful uh so i think that's where people were giving it like a negative reaction yeah the I mean, surprise expedient is not always welcome but the predictable expedient is awesome yeah um like for example i mean we're getting ahead mm -hmm. of myself here but it is really nice on the pin axis where you potentially have to move from the middle of the room to the edge in a very short period of time. So that was nice. Or getting into spread positions quickly because some people wanted to run really far. You mm -hmm. have that sprint on. gets you there quicker. Um, and then in P2, <laughs> in P2 um, Act 2, um, just you're running around the entire perimeter of the room. It's, it's super helpful having expedient plus mitigation. It's very good. Awesome buff. Yeah. Uh, and sorry, yeah, I'm in a new house now, and so like my setup's completely different. I'm in more of an open environment <laughs> where my animals are like uh, able to throw their voice in every once in a while. I'll probably have to adjust that and figure that out in the future, but eh, you know, a stream doesn't care if they hear a dog every once in a while. I think not that big. Of a deal. Yeah, let's put Chimo just for that. Yeah, we have a tw yeah, it's right there. So. <laughs> I don't know. She oh, just like, like yo, Frank or Z. What is this like zoomery mode? I don't know, man. Uh, but yeah, she just kind of stands looking out the window and watching people walk by the house, and she makes a noise every once in a while. Uh, Rottweiler that is literally afraid of people and will run away. And if you do anything to scare her, she runs as far as she can. But she will make noise and try to be scary. Uh, all bark, no bite. Anyways, completely random, off tangent, off into another tangent here. But Keo, uh, I don't know uh, what what point. I was interrupting a point there with my dog. What what were we uh, going on? I was just I was just illustrating the many the many uses of Expedia that were awesome. right, right, right. Act, right. Act two and P two is definitely one of the most amazing uses for Expedia, and then right. it comes up again for one of the more relevant movement sections, which is Act four mm -hmm. later in that fight, which is. Incredible. So the mapping just worked out really well. And it worked out well in the other fights as well. Okay. Uh, and I'm also I'm glad that it's actually, uh, you know, having its use. And, I, you know, now that I start to think about it, I feel like even party finder groups, uh, scholars, you're going to be able to tell the good scholars versus the bad scholars by when they do their expedience and how they communicate that to everybody, I guess, right? Because um, that is definitely something that you have to plan and try to uh communicate to teams or maybe they'll just map it out like scholars always do expedient on this mechanic right and that'll be how party finder looks at it oh yeah i think so the, the problem Probably. that i see is that expedient is so good where it's good that it would feel really bad to not have it uh i can imagine running this with a sage for example we would have had a handful more pulls on p2 just to execution and being fast enough getting to those positions uh and when there's a discrepancy like that i'm very scared of nerfs and changes and if and the main reason the nerf would come about is you will have some party finder groups i'm sure they'll mm -hmm. want their expedient they're going to exclu exclude the sage in that slot 
Mm. And, and when you start to see any kind of discrimination against the job, that's usually when Square Enix comes in and it's like, hey, let's uh, let's remove that discrimination. Right. So I guess I guess we'll see. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else on phase one that you guys want to go into before we go into phase two? Uh, the fact that it's a door boss. <laughs> we had some theories and we were like, yeah, maybe, but I don't think anyone actually believed it would be a door boss. That, that was, was a possibility. Uh, yeah, when we saw just, the yeah. when we saw the boss's HP bo- uh, value, like how slow it was going down, like how it took forever. We were like, oh, wait, this isn't a door boss. Oh, yeah, shit. yeah. Our first thought was this isn't a door boss because, you know, its HP mm-hmm. is big. It's going to be like Titan, right? It's going to be like a savage exclusive phase and, you know, we'll go from there. But yeah. then the mechanics stayed relatively simple. There weren't any gauntlets. We were like, this is starting to reek of door boss as we went through. And then, sure enough. I was shocked because this, there's no uh, background music change for the second phase. This is the same music. I this wouldn't be surprised. That. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that was deliberate. Like they were, they're doing that because, you know, people might try music, to. Music they, tends to be discovered, right? Say, right before anything else. Yeah, and you know, uh, I will say they did this on O4S. So for the first year of uh, Stormblood, and that it had like mixed reactions, I think, to it. But that was more on, I think, something else. That was more on the. Uh, 50% repeat cycle than it was on the uh, door boss itself, right? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. The, I think the mix, like, everyone loved the transition to Neo X Death, right? That's yeah. one of the coolest moments in, in raids in the game. Mm-hmm. The problems that I think most people had were what happened after that, uh, mm-hmm. like myself included. Yeah. Whereas this didn't have that problem at all. And they've kind of, they've definitely shown that they know how to do a door boss that isn't like that. And they showed that in Promise, right? Where mm-hmm. they had. Uh, two completely you know self-isolated fights and then the second one was much more puzzle based and they went through the exact same format this time again where you've mm-hmm. got very execution heavy you know slight dps check door boss and mm-hmm. then uh just full problem solving uh phase two so i i guess i want to ask what's your preference do you want a door boss to be there or do you not want a door boss to be there i want a door boss to be there when i don't expect it Okay. Oh, making door bosses square, please. I lo- this was. Uh, I don't mind door bosses. I feel like it extends Brock. I mean, I get like obviously two, it two, will. Two eight but... minutes fights is so much better than like one thirteen minute in terms of content. Hmm. Big I don't know, man. I just think of Shiva, and that's like probably like my favorite fight that's come out like since Heaven's Word. There's a lot of people who well, probably I disagree with you on that. I mean, yeah, that's also because a lot of people like like the cutscene, and a lot of people did bad strats. So, true, true. Um, the big door bosses, as long as they keep them under a certain time, I felt promise dragged on too long. Personally, I'm against door bosses. Okay, they're less difficult objectively. Yeah, absolutely. That's true. Yeah, I'm usually against door bosses because the door boss itself is usually extremely tiring mm-hmm. um and like i don't think the second half of that fight is that difficult i think it's actually pretty easy overall but that first half is just for me anyway it's just exhausting mm. especially with like it is a tight it is a relatively tight dps check and moving around the boss um 
when everybody's like spreading out and things like that is awful. Moving the boss back to the middle of the room is some of the worst experience that I have to deal with. I mean, it's it's part of like that's part of what makes the fight difficult, but that alone just feels bad. I guess my question, uh, one of the questions I want to ask on this then is after you got to phase two, uh, was it hard to get back to phase two afterwards when you needed to? We did have like a little bit of trouble. Um, Not too bad. It wasn't horrible, but it could have been better. You know what I mean? Hmm. We ran into a couple of hiccups. So it was like, we were like, okay, there's obviously like a problem with something we're doing here, but we really don't have time to sit down and talk about it. Let's just kill this <laughs> Let's just push through this goddamn boss and get back to phase two. I like it how was... I think. Did you just sister yourself saying shit? Then you went straight to goddamn like afterwards. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like that? It, it was pretty. It wasn't too bad to reclare. It's nothing compared to lion rampant. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. Sure. The promise door boss was actually a problem for most groups to get back to Gaia, mm-hmm. but this tier it felt like it was just. I don't think we wasted too much time, if at all. I don't think there was the a fact, real burst of difficulty at the end of the of, of the end of P one or uh, right. phase one. The, it's just kind the of difficult night. part was a repeat of the difficult part in the first half of it. Yeah, mm. it was the same thing. Yeah. How long did it take you to get the phase two? Oh, we have logs for this. I think it was like about two hours. Two yeah. hours. And I think two you guys hours. spent about no, I think uh, it was less than that. Just eight about hours. A little over an hour. Oh, just an hour. So you did it in one lockout? Mm. There is our first pool at that is recorded, which, funny enough, now that I'm looking at the timer, might not actually be correct, so I might be I, wrong. I, I have the footage. I'll give you the exact time in a moment. Okay. Because you guys uh, took mm. about 8 hours and 40 minutes com- to complete that fight. Yeah, um, ignore me. Sphere wasn't running it's, FF logs. It's like time. 2 hours and 10 minutes, 11 minutes. Okay. So that second half took about like six hours or so. That so like, sounds about right, yes. considering we cleared the door boss, what, three times total? Hmm. Yes. Okay. We had three, three clears on Hesperos 1. Yeah, that does sound correct then. Okay. Uh, so go ahead. It took us, we only after we killed the boss the first time, it took about 13 pulls of the boss. 13 wipes of the boss and two more kills of it to clear the final boss in the end. Okay. Which is, I think, kind of funny because I'm like, I, and Entropy also has the logs up, and it also took them that exact amount of, as well. <laughs> two so hours, we 21 minutes. the same amount. Two hours, 21 minutes is how long it took us on the door boss before we reached P2. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm looking at Entropy's uh, time difference here, too. So you guys were about... Eight hours and forty minutes. They were about, uh, let's see, doing math here. Six plus three, nine hours and twenty minutes. Uh, so they had about a forty-minute difference between you guys on that proc. Uh, and I, I'm not, I'm not sure where that came from. Uh, well, there's a lot of different things in that fight where it could have all added up. Mm-hmm. But I think more interestingly is that we were ahead by two hours after p3 Mm -hmm. uh and that we barely managed to grow that lead kind of shows that our standard of play i think fell off a bit in the fourth fight Hmm. i'm sure most people will agree with me but uh yeah that wasn't our best showing there 
It's so weird having you guys say like, oh yeah, we didn't do that great, but still get world first. Uh, I, mean, I, I mean, you don't necessarily gain your lead in every single fight. Some fights you just mm-hmm. smash faster than others, but we mm-hmm. had one really good showing, and I think it was, well, we had our good showing in everything one, two, and three combined. Like We got a good lead from those three, so we, were, we could afford to I'm yeah, pretty make sure some missteps. Aether Group 2 actually cleared faster three. than us. Aether Group 3. 3, 2, you know, I, same I, thing. <laughs> I just yeah, they, see, I, they definitely. I was, I was watching us prog through um, the tethers and rolls again mm-hmm. uh, last night. I was going. I was just watching through the prog footage. It took us so long to piece that together. So many pulls of us just not getting it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that was that was a loss. Yeah, <laughs> it was actually, a loss of time. Now looking I'm at not... Aether Group Three, did it uh, twenty minutes faster on that fight overall than you guys? Yeah. Like Which... I'm not gonna blame us too much though on the tethers because that is i've that is the question i've had the most out of this entire tier is how do those tethers work I, all we yeah, had yeah, to do was confusing. open google translate that's it <laughs> but I, i'm gonna have like like uh, like i'm gonna study greek for the next tier i swear to god they, they might change it well actually no they'll probably stay on greek it's probably stay on greek actually yeah. kind of interesting to me when i speak with other groups and it's like every tier there's at least one mechanic where pretty much every group says we got confused here. We didn't know what to do. We couldn't decode the mechanic. Like you have mm-hmm. e- E10S. Um, sh- what's it called? Shadowbringers or like whatever the um, the puddles and the clones. That gets everybody. Um, the crystals and Hydalin. Everyone I talked to ran into the same problem there. Um, the tethers here in this fight. Same problem. It's mm-hmm. like there's a reoccurring theme, and I really wonder if like SC is looking at this as a dev team to be like, and think to themselves, is this what we intended? Is this good game design? Do we want this kind of puzzle where every player is basically getting stuck on it because mm-hmm. it's not clear enough what's about to happen? Yeah, I, I this is all on Koji, man, right? I don't think it's on <laughs> Koji. I think it there the animations. Mm. And like the way the tells in general just aren't there. I I disagree. I think us not getting it is entirely on us and not on the communication of the okay. mechanic. We didn't I mean, look for it, it to is. be communicated correctly. It is, but at the same time, when everybody runs into the problem, that should say something about the fight design in general. That's that's probably my biggest complaint about the fight. Otherwise, I like it. Okay. Okay. Uh, what, so second, second phase, what was the one that held you up the most? What was your big wall there? Was it act two? Oh, it's yeah, gotta be act two, two for everyone, act two right? for sure. I think that we spent a lot of time on Enraged, too. Or the, the finale. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. the finale, that, the reason that we spent extra time there was because we fundamentally didn't understand something, and then it was just consistency at that point. It wasn't as if we, like, our execution of it was similar to every other mechanic in that fight, right? Where it was, you know, we figured it out and then it was two or three pulls and then it died. But us figuring that out took way longer than it should have because we imagined that there was semicircles going off at the same time. So we were doing dumb stuff for the first couple of times we got there. Okay. Um, so anything else? Phase two? You spent a lot why sure. did Act 2 take so long is because that's the first time you see, like, the Dark Crystal on your head, the Fire Crystal, the Wind mm-hmm. Crystal. 
like it teaches you the base of the rest of the fight. So basically, all of your prog is probably going to be on that act if you're blind, because okay. you have no idea what any, what anything does yet. And plus, you're dealing. It's like information overload because you also have like chariots going off, you got towers going off, and you got all these crystals on your head, and you got tethers. Like I doubt any group uh, took was fast on that mechanic. That was definitely the wall. It's okay. basic relativity all over again, where it teaches you everything that's happening. You have so many pieces to break down and figure out exactly what's going on uh, that it just takes time to get all the data that you need and to accurately go over it, uh, which is cool because it wasn't mm-hmm. incredibly cryptic to be like, oh, I don't understand how this works. It just takes more time looking at it and figuring out what exactly correlates to what in that phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then all of those things that you've learned let you solve the rest of the phase or the, the whole fight, um, yeah. more or less. Like literally the only thing it doesn't teach you is water. Other than that, you basically know how to solve the rest of the fight. Hmm. Do you feel like that uh, the second half is going to be one of those fights where if you know that what strategy is, there's no difficulty to it at all? Absolutely. Be yeah. It, yeah I think so. It's going to be Oracle. It'll be similar yeah, to Oracle. It's, it's literally going to be, gonna be the, the victory lap after P1, uh, phase okay. one's over. I would not be surprised if the person who made P4 is the same person who made uh, Promise and Gaia. And okay. I mean, it so, matches up pretty identically, yeah. In the current call, the last, the soft enraged, I definitely can see some people like tripping there because while it's very simple to solve, there's a lot of stuff going on and like your screen is just filled with tethers and explosions. But like basically every mechanic after act two kind of just ramps down in difficulty. Like the the fina- act finale, like that's probably, it looks cool, but that's definitely the easiest mechanic of the fight. Okay. Yeah. I've only, when I was looking at other groups, um, I found that most groups actually um, struggled as well on an Act 4. Like, just not as much as Act 2, but that's the next wall of the fight. Act 3 is pretty free. You solve it in three pulls. You have it all done, executed. You go to Act 4, and Act 4 is just... Players are just bad at it. No, it's because Act 4 introduces you to new tethers, which are the water ones. I mean, it and does. And if you don't know how to solve it, and it's further into the fight now, you then need more pulls, more time to get there. Uh, whereas Act 2, you can rapid fire those, right? That's, what, True. less than two minutes into the fight? But if you look at some logs, Act, I'm pretty sure what you'll find is Act 4 ends up being the biggest regression point. Groups will make it to the final, to curtain call, and they'll start progressing through that. But they'll always die either at their progression point or Act 4. Because Act 4 has those tether breaks. And nobody's good at those. They're they're a little annoying. (laughs) Definitely a little annoying. They're a little annoying. And I I, I mean, I personally think that it's because of just how debuffs apply now. Players are conditioned. Any player who's played this game long enough is conditioned to wait for all the debuffs to end before starting their next mechanic. Similar to how, what you would do in Omega when you're breaking those tethers. Since Endwalker, there have been changes to the way this sort of like works from the looks of it. And all those debuffs apply at the same time. They're not cascading anymore throughout the party. So it doesn't get applied to one person like at one second, and then like half a second later it's applied to the eighth member. 
that that gives you like half a second of window of when you'd be able to break that last tether. And that was something that you had to deal with in O12S and some other fights. But also, now you don't have to tether, do that anymore. Yeah, the tether in P4 as well takes a long time to actually activate it. Like once you break the tether, you have to wait and then it'll explode. It's it's strange, man. Yeah, There's I was a whole gonna... bunch of different things going on, which just really trip you up. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it was more of the retether that gets people because like as a melee, you're itching to get back in there. So once you see your tether go red, you're like, all right, I'm going in. You hit your gap closer and it's blue again. You're like, oh, fuck, I just wiped this. <laughs> see, I, I've only seen that once. And it, it was in our I, I haven't seen any other group do that on, on stream, though. It was just I definitely up have. Time. I, I definitely have seen people turn colors back. Same, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you guys are done right now with this tier. Uh, it's it's was. It sounds like it was an enjoyable tier, like you're happy with what Square Enix is going forward with. I mean, you have some gripes about some things, but in general, overall, it seems like Square Enix is definitely starting to get a hold of a lot of what uh, the raid community is looking for with raids. Would you guys agree with that, or would you disagree with that? Uh... <laughs> start to the expansion. Good start. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is a very start. strong start. Compared to Gate, compared to Gate. So yeah, compared to Gate, I think we're it's superior on every fight, which is great. Okay. Um, you know, may, maybe Void Walker, Walker can make an argument, but they're all great fights this tier. So, yeah, good. Start. I'm always down for fights that aren't solved just by getting in clock positions, <laughs> and they did a good job with that this tier. There, there was some, but there was not a lot of Protean. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Actually, there's a couple ahead. of things I want to talk about with sure. this tier and changes this expansion. We got baited last expansion by a lot of AOE changes to job kits, and the mm -hmm. exact same thing happened again. We, we didn't have a single ad phase. We had four targets up at once max, and they were always kept apart. Like, the, at most, you got a little bit of two target once in one fight, mm -hmm. and people were thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, look at all these AOE changes, all this rebalancing. Everybody now does equal <laughs> AOE damage, and there was not a single chance to actually use that again. We still have no real true ads phases in fights. Yeah. Which is kind of cool, because... dungeons. Which is kind of cool because that means they can balance dungeons and raid content separately because they can use the AOE changes to balance dungeons for mm. four man while still balancing raids, which is really cool. Right. I like that idea. Yeah. I'm assuming that's probably to do with uh, content they've hinted at in the future, the potentially difficult four man content. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was that thematically, I think P4 is probably excluding maybe A6 and A8, like the best fight in the game that it actually tells a really sick story and you go through the acts and then everybody plays their part and then you get to the curtain call and everybody steps up and takes a bow and then you the finish the fight. curtain call it's, theming is so good. It's so, like, it is incredible. When I realized what they were doing, the it was like, yeah. oh my God. So like this fight was put together very well artfully, you'd say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was just, it's like reading a book. It's Yeah, it's so cool. Hey, a one book? of the best names. You're talking about books? Sphere? <laughs> oh, fucking god. <laughs> I take it back. Oh, it's, a movie. No, dude. it's like watching a play. That's... Yeah, it is. that's what it's all about. Seeing yeah. the scene and then you go through the acts. I can't believe you've done this, Frosty. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. All right, well, that's cool. That's cool. What else? You said a couple of things there. Was there uh, other ones you want to throw in? 
No, that was the two of them. Okay, uh, I gotcha. Yeah, the themes and, and AOE being literally nothing. I mean, I remember in Stormblood when they gave like literally everyone like AOE. Uh, not Stormblood, sorry, Shadowbringers, I think, right? Where they gave everyone AOE. There's a lot of theories about it being part of raids and everything, and that completely was washed out as well. But yep. fool me twice. <laughs> it's shame on us, man. Uh, so I guess the uh, other parts I want to talk about is again, this is the first we're, we're, we're used to have a normal mode for two weeks uh, for the first tier. There has been consideration that people are like, Hey, why don't we do this as a standard? What would your opinion as a world racer be if they made it a standard having normal for two weeks? I hate it. I hate it. No, 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 no. Don't do no, it. No. In fact, release Savage first. Hmm. I think that's I think my releasing yeah. normal is just like a huge mistake. And it's release just... Savage like on Tuesday and then normal on like Friday. That 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 that's it. That's the peak. It's such a Congrats. terrible two weeks to try to figure out what mechanics may or may not be. And I would much rather just go in and learn everything more organically. Mm -hmm. um, it also extends the time of the raid as well to where yeah, you're looking at probably like a two-day raid versus like a 14-15 hour. And that's obviously more enjoyable to me as well since that's like my favorite part of the game. I mean, it's the difference between going to sleep and not, right? I'd love to, yeah. I'd love to just extend it out a little bit and then have a little bit more fun learning new things rather than just... I felt there were a lot of things in Savage that were so similar to normal that mm -hmm. I wasn't really, like, doing a whole lot of new stuff. Okay. The uh, two weeks before Savage as well, if you're actively trying to compete and win, you are spending so much time in normal mode, and that's not fun. It's, it's very not fun. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I, you know, I was thinking about uh, what you're saying with having Savage out first and then Normal out a couple of days later. Well, that would make a lot of people who are following the story kind of upset, wouldn't it? Because they're they're locked behind their skill set to do the story for a couple Man, of days. That sucks. Yeah, yeah. Just play it on Friday. <laughs> It's a lot easier to get time off too. But then they'll get spoiled when they like people like tweet out stuff about the bosses and everything, but they don't have access to, you know. I mean, people thing. people care about spoilers like for like the entire week that it comes out, right? That's There's true. usually even like an ultimatum mm -hmm. on like people didn't even talk about the expansion story until the first of January. Hmm. I mean, I honestly, uh, I still haven't. I mean, we talked about it so much, a little bit. I mean, on stream here, when we do Mog Talks, there's no there's no spoiler warning things. We just don't try to actively spoil things, but we're not going to, like, avoid uh, making a point to avoid spoilers here just because it doesn't make any sense at this point. Uh, but, yeah, I I don't know. It's like, so... I, 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 I get it, right? I'm, yeah. I'm, like, being, like, I'm exaggerating. I, I understand yeah. why normal mode exists. And like as much as like like really wish it didn't, I I understand why it does, and I'm not gonna say don't make it. Right, right. It's like obviously it's like the easy solution to just release them both at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's exactly. I mean, it, I w it would be actually kind of a shame if Savage was released first because it would it would definitely spoil the story in a lot of mm -hmm. ways for the people that want to enjoy the story of normal modes. Right. But a simultaneous release without requiring normal modes to do savage would be pretty cool or we could just jump I'd, straight in 
I'd be down with that. I'd yeah. be down with that. So there's yeah. a problem with that, and that it then makes you have really difficult decisions about going into normal modes to actually learn stuff. No, you I, just get an I, extra eight-member eight team no. to do it exactly. for you. That just means more salad. resources for the race of people <laughs> analyzing normal at the same time. Right, yeah, that's that's more of what I was you have like about. A, you, end a up, you end up having out-of-raid stuff be more impactful, and I don't think any of us actually like that. I like, like it. I think it builds a community. I think the community aspect is underrated to stuff like that. Okay. Uh, but it's it's Not, like so isolated within a team as well. Like you're just saying which team has the most resources available to them has the biggest advantage. And I don't like that. I like everyone being on a level playing field. I do too, but I don't know why that has to be exclusive either. I don't know. Eh, I'm sort of conflicted. Are you just would you be fine if they just went like just kept going as normal and then the next two are going to be uh you go through normal real quick and then you go through savage and yes you'll be perfectly yep, happy. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. that's, yeah that, that's, that's what everybody's expecting. And that's, yeah, I mean, then that's fine. That that's a fine system for me too. It's like whatever. I just yeah. I just don't like normal modes <laughs> because while people are getting spoiled the story, I'm getting mechanics spoiled too. Like, <laughs> like, like, I'm being like completely unironic here. Like, no, I got you. I got you. Uh, no, I get it. There's one other thing that actually plays into the normal mode stuff is that it kind of creates a little bit of a difference as well with crafting. So when you have normal modes come out, it gives a little bit of buffer time where the gear doesn't really matter too much. Mm -hmm. uh, and crafters being ahead or behind, it gives them like a, a buffer window for the first couple of fights where the gear will actually matter mm -hmm. uh, in Savage. Whereas if Savage comes out by itself at the same time as uh, crafting gear, you have this rush and some groups will get their gear and 35 minutes our first set was created in uh and some groups will get their gear in six hours and that is a huge difference yeah hmm. which i don't like i had my whole set of gear completely pentamelded ready to go in my inventory when we entered the second fight yep which is Jeez, like actually huge. fucking yeah, insane i i don't know how they do it every tier but they do it insane shout out to the crafters real quick too of course right yes, yeah. shout out to the crafters they, of course they yeah. killed it absolutely yeah. shout out to the crafters time. that like actually just went to siren to fairy stuff as well did they went above and beyond <laughs> and, and they've they've been going above and beyond recently there's just we have the best crafter team i had 650 pots or something like that on me because like sixes right yeah they gave us like 70 and when we started popping them on phoenix I was like, man, these are usually a pain to get. I don't know how long it takes to make them. Hey, uh, go, please go make some more. And then next time, like two hours later, they're just like, okay, here you go. And they give me like 650. I'm like, I'm good for the whole expansion. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and the gatherers. Right Sorry, and the gatherers, right? The people oh, out there they're, they're the same people. Oh, okay. Yeah. The same people. <laughs> okay. Yeah, our crafter team gets better every tier. Like, I swear, the speed at which we get gear is just ramping. So mm -hmm. eventually, we're going to log in and just wake up to mail in the box already. You know, it's <laughs> just how it's going to be. Wow. Hi. All right. Well, uh, other things that we can talk about in the, in, ra in the race in general is the competitiveness of some of the teams that are out there. Uh, what were your thoughts about the teams competing? Oh, really good. And they yeah. looked very strong this time around. Shout out right. to Aether Group 3 for that. I was going to say, <laughs> I think we all have a lot to good, of good to say about Aether Group 3 because, mm. one, they were a thrown-together team. This isn't like an established team oh, that's really? been for a while together. 
it's a hodgepodge of people that were thrown together. All really good players. Don't get me wrong. They're all amazing. Right. But seeing them jump together, have not that long to establish some kind of synergy and then perform that well was really, mm-hmm. it felt good to see. Cause I'm, you know, all, all, a lot of the people in that group are friends with us. Like we know all of them or mm-hmm. a bunch of them and it really was nice to see them succeed and do well. And we hope they keep doing well. I think that they said they're going to do ultimate. I'll do ultimate or something to that effect. I don't know how long they're going to stay together, but that's, it's very exciting. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Uh, like I, I'd love to see them in there. They're, uh, goddamn name of their group though, dude. Like, <laughs> I mean, uh, I think at this point you've already seen like every uh, single possible like group they follow book too. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I mean, they get one world first, so you know, Kana and his team uh, with a group two, one uh, world first with uh, Dr. Savage, right? Gotta uh, be Acer Group Four next year. Yeah, maybe they'll be four next year. And I don't know. Dr. Savage was just a weird race because there were not groups names really as much, right? It was really wasn't just, really a race. Yeah. It was really just that one group. Like, all right, let's get a bunch of people, and another group at the same time went, all right, let's get a bunch of people, and you know that's how it ended up. Yeah, and I was like, all right, I'm I'm somewhat tracking this. I wasn't expecting to do it. I was expecting to wake up and like a whole bunch of teams have cleared it because it was easy content. Uh, but it was still going on. It wasn't cleared. I was like, all right, this group of people are, are doing this. Okay, this is another group on Aether that I have no clue of inf- any information about names or anything else. All right, so they're the second Aether group that I know. So Aether group two. And I put them on the list. And then they're like, what the fuck? Right? <laughs> I was like, you kind of like embrace that and I like accept it. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm happy for Aether yeah. group three. Yeah, uh, and so I was like, okay, I let's go with it. I was like, hey, we could change the name, whatever you want me to call it. And they're like, nope, we, that's it now. Fuck you. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> that's what it is. Why uh, do you hate the they reg- name that you You're lucky made. they registered at all. They didn't <laughs> register. And, you know, it's just me tracking. Well, I mean, for this race, yeah, I'm lucky okay, they registered, yeah. Uh, for this race, for sure. Uh, and, you know, it tracking the final fantasy 14 race has always been a pain and i gotta say thank you guys for being so like uh you know tweeting out and letting us know kind of when you guys are clearing bosses because it does make it more exciting to know that stuff uh and so that does mean a lot i know like the alternative is just not saying anything uh which there are a lot of groups that do that and uh they get a clear at the very end and they announce that which isn't bad there's nothing bad about it but it does make it kind of exciting to get those uh messages so thank you guys for doing that Oh yeah, we wouldn't change that for anything. We love our our hype tweets. Not again! From, uh, not again! The cloud and send all. I viewing cutscenes the team again, and I feel really bad about it. You should. I do. You keep doing it because you're a clout chaser. Clout waits for nobody, dude. I gotta do it. I may so, wait for nobody, but you need to wait for the team. By the I mean, way, I, wanna... I think I did it as well this year, but you know. I want to congratulate um, from Aether Group Three in particular. Momo, mm-hmm. their healer, mm-hmm. who's definitely going to get be confused with Momo-sama now. Yeah, 100. Oh, a whole yeah, lot no. more than before. But yep. uh, big shout-outs, uh, big Momohime fan. Yeah, yeah. Uh... He, he came to me and we, we chit-chatted about the tears a whole bunch right after he cleared. It was great. That's awesome, man. Yeah, well, I'll get both of them on the show and we'll just have a Momo show. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard Momohime say a word. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, okay, that's fair. 
Back to the, the original question, though, Frosty, yeah. about other teams you're talking about. Mm-hmm. This was the tier that I've been... Like, I don't usually get nervous or, like, anxious before tiers, but I genuinely was before this tier. I think there was a lot more pressure on us, like, as a team. But there's mm-hmm. also way more competition than I think there's ever been before. Um, and it just seems like it keeps getting more every single time that mm-hmm. there's a race on. Like, Entropy's really strong. Uh, mm-hmm. Whatever they ended up with their name is something about belts. Uh, Klops and Folds, yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, they a really strong team. <laughs> yeah, equipped the belts. I think they were. Yeah, yeah they were. Yeah. They, it took them a while to figure out. I think they figured out maybe like hours before <laughs> they were going to raid. Uh, but yeah, no, it was awesome to see Layla back in the fold with everything and uh, that group going out and doing it. Uh, and then there was Krill, of course. They are like the kind of competitive, like off to the side streaming team uh, from JP. Uh, it was awesome to see them going again. That's the group that Arthas actually. Uh, raids with, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stall's team always does really well. I had their stream open on a second monitor just in case. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, and then there's, you know, 1A did a, uh, a really good job again. Horror and his that, that whole team is amazing. Uh, and then there's just a handful more, like Why You Mute It, uh, Paranora, DN, which DN is part of uh, Radiance, right? Yeah, they're uh, another Radiance group. Yeah, what, yeah, is, what does DN stand for, huh? Didn't they think like World 7th or something? They actually did pretty well. Yeah. Really good. Uh, well, they got like 9th. There was a couple uh, JP teams. Ninth? So, okay. Yeah. 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 It's st- still a really good show. Um, they definitely did better. I think they did better than they were expecting, which is, I'm really proud of them. Yeah. Really good show, guys. Absolutely amazing. Uh, and so I was I was uh, pretty pretty happy to see the competitiveness uh, this tier. And I, I think that this may grow. I mean, I don't know. This is Savage is one of those things where so many people can compete because it's a one-day race, right? It's, it's completely different. Uh, Ultimate may look different uh, just because it's really hard to take a week off to go for that. Uh, of course, I believe you guys are going for Ultimate, right? Yeah. Yeah. Have we even talked about it? But yes, the, I assume we are. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. You know. Yeah, I guess we'll just we'll just quit for ultimate. You guys, uh, you guys have won three in a row so far. Uh, no, two in a row. Two in a row now. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. three. Three out of the last four. No, it's three in a row. No one remembers that other one. No one remembers first. <laughs> Don't just forget about first. Whoa, Silink is listening. <laughs> Yikes. Who well, is... Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you guys are going for the next one, I'm hoping, with uh, Ultimate, which is going to be an exciting... Exciting time. Dragon Song uh, War. Oh, there's a handful of things that we can kind of predict from that. Uh, and that's like three months away now, right? <laughs> It's kind of weird thinking about that after having a it's year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, we were just Seeing talking about hopefully. like three in quotes, months in quotes, away in quotes. I don't That's trust fair. anything anymore. The the tier just before an ultimate is always a little sketch on gearing because, you know, there's a chance that you may need X amount of tomes mm-hmm. or X amount of loot drops that you may not get the loot in time unless you're really making sure to catch every week. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like split clearing to make sure you get enough coats and twines to, for all the different jobs we may want to bring into ultimate so yeah we were just talking about how like don't you know don't slack on that stuff we gotta we gotta focus make sure we're we're geared for ultimate yeah exciting i mean and that the the thing with that though i mean it's not too bad you just have to spend a night a week right just go through it real quick and be done for gearing yeah 
Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. But again, if you if you end up having to do split clears, like I, for example, MT has to has to flex. If he has to flex like three different types of rolls that all mm-hmm. have different gear, he's going to need like a mountain of twines and coats, which means we need to split clear and, and funnel to mm-hmm. get him enough. But that's probably not going to happen. I'm not going to have him straddle three three rolls. But okay, you never know. Never know. It's right. always good to prepare. Okay. Okay. Um, so ultimate coming up, um, I guess I should ask this because, you know, I, it's in my head, uh, talking about streaming again, if you guys want to talk about that, it's completely up to you, uh, about thoughts on streaming in the future. Say it again. If anyone out there wants to give $10,000 to everybody in TPS, consider it. (laughs) Any oil princes? Uh, I think last time we oh, were a little too preemptive with teasing, so let's mm-hmm. let's not. Uh, That's fair. Let's not, let's not get hopes up. We haven't decided yet. We haven't talked about it. Um, mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's that's all we I mean it's say. absolutely worth considering, uh, but I mean I'm in my head. So thinking about that logically, it's giving up the uh, the advantage that you have not streaming, and is there there's probably a price that's worth it, but. Uh, if there's no price out there, then why would you even do it? It doesn't make any sense. Um, so yeah. I think for for like everyone in the team, goal number one has always been, you know, we want to win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're all very competitive. It'll really come down to external factors and uh, like a lot more discussion and pre- preparation for streaming and stuff like that. It's something we have to. We explore. don't want to just throw up a random stream with voice comms and just call it a day, right? We want something a little... You're going to be production. Yeah, we want we wanted something that is a little more hype than just that. Fly into a it. room, get a gamer gamer room for like a... Exactly. a gamer room. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that a house. You're going to sell out, go big. Yeah. And we'll get a gamer house, we'll get all the big tech sponsors. Oh, look at shit! We're going to get jerseys, <laughs> matching jerseys. We'll get face reveals on everyone. It's going to be hype. Hell yeah. Oh, get a big whiteboard in the background. Yeah, and Cleese is just gonna be sitting there drawing on it. <laughs> Honestly, oh. half the time I'll probably be like doodling flowers, but that's okay. Yeah, I that's would good. be actually completely for streaming if our. But like the thing, the thing is like if our goal was to put on like a good show, something entertaining, something like that. Because with a lot of these fights, if you stream, you're losing. Yeah, and that's just the reality of it. Like you can look at um, Act Two, for example. Best example is Act Two. Act Two, you have to deal with decoding the whole thing, executing everything you're talking about, changing it every single pool, and also dealing with the mental load of that. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you can be a group that's watching a stream, pop into the stream, and just be like, "Oh, I know how all this works now. They told us." They don't have to deal with the, any of the ent- extra mental that goes into all of that that's going to tire you out. They're going to know what to do immediately. Mm-hmm. And it's... Uh, and I, I will... Um, yeah. To, to add on to that, just how easy it is to sort of assimilate things like strats and positioning and stuff. If anybody watched... Um, Nagura had an amazing stream um, during some of their prog. I got to catch some of it. Where she was analyzing some of our video and, and lo- looking at our strats for um, Phase 2 and how we were going about it, breaking it down making diagrams she did a phenomenal job she's really really good at it hmm. and um but i was impressed just how well she was able to replicate the steps of our strat from that and then when their team um when the limit team got to phase two 
mm-hmm. she was just prepared with all the basically catch up um, ideas for all the strats, and they got to it really quick. They they progressed through phase two lightning quick, very very fast, and mm-hmm. uh, it just goes to show how easy it is to catch up just on what you've seen, mm-hmm. especially if you have a ninth person looking at the footage or clips or things like that. So I guess that's a good question to ask you guys too: is how do you feel like the WoW teams did? Uh, on the first tier that they've gone in with everyone else. Uh, I watched a lot of the stuff once we cleared. I stared at their prog. Um, I was really impressed with both. Limit put up a really good performance getting to P4. They said their goal was to get to P4 before we cleared, and mm-hmm. they did. And that's really impressive. Yeah. Um, given the material that was out. like it was, uh, it was a solid showing. And then Echo did the whole thing blind. They didn't look at anything. Whereas... Um, Limit had a ninth man looking at material and giving them help. Mm-hmm. Um, Echo was just full blind, and that was they did phenomenally for being full blind. It was a really great performance by Echo. Nice. Um, I'm really excited for them if they continue to do Final Fantasy prog. They're going to grow real fast. Mm-hmm. It's very exciting. Yeah, uh, their, strat, their strats were impressive again. They had an uptime strat in um, Act Four that I still think that everybody should do. It's incredible. Nice. And nobody nobody thought of it that I know of. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see uh, how these teams do. They're going to do a lot, a lot better, I think, on ultimate uh, overall. Yeah, if, they keep, if they keep playing, most definitely. One hundred percent. Mostly because that they, they're endurance players. They're they're that's what they they do uh, in WoW raid scenes. And so I want to see how that applies uh, into the ultimates. So we'll see how that works out. I'm sure they had a lot of fun with this tier. I can't see there them being any reason why they wouldn't want to go for ultimate unless if it conflicts with their wow rating, you know. It, it's worth mentioning that, you know, we don't expect them to like actually be up in the top like one, two, third ranks. Obviously, mm-hmm. a lot of these mechanics are reused, and people who've been practicing this game for years are going to have an extremely right. distinct advantage. Like you just even look at P3 and all the things we reused from T12. These guys haven't prog T12. They don't know what all those mechanics are. Right, and how qu- how quickly that gives you an advantage in dissecting these things, uh, that's just going to come with time, and they'll catch up because they're really sharp dudes. They're just yeah. the more they absorb, the quicker they'll catch up. I mean, we, we may see like at the end of this expansion that they are probably some of the top teams out there uh, easily. But I mean, they are already some of the top teams. But I mean, they're going to be like actually nearing like the top like five, right? So very excited for their growth. Yeah, yeah. I think top five it would be a little much to do this quickly, you think? but it's, <laughs> it, it's it's it depends on how much work they want to put in. This is their side game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, they came back and like prog, but they had downtime where they went back to WoW. Right. So it's not like they're full timing the catch up game. So it's up to them how much they want to put into it. Yeah, but they're they're all beasts. They're Roger is incredibly smart. It oh, yeah. blows me away how how smart that dude is. Yeah, so I love doing it. If they try it. Yeah. There's, a lot of transferable skills between MMOs. So, like, even though they haven't played a lot of um, Final Fantasy XIV in the past, mm-hmm. I'd say a lot of the core basics are all still there. And then they should be able to at least... They can pick it up, clear fight, they know how to act, and they're, like, actually good at something else. So they have the ability to learn and, like, figure things out. They know what it takes to do that. Um, so that they're, if there's ever a wall to take like a step back, figure out how to solve the wall, and then move mm-hmm. on from there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to get stuck. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, and 
when we're we're talking about the the one thing I am concerned about is if we're talking about streaming like Ultimate, that's where it really I think hurts you versus Savage, right? And so if they are going to go on and they're going to stream and everything, uh, and there's going to be teams that don't stream, which there definitely will be teams that don't stream, uh, the Ultimate, I, I feel like they are going to be put at a disadvantage there, um, because there's just so much. With like people solving mechanics, going to sleep, analyzing it the next morning, and going forward, right? We don't see that with the one day like, progression. Hey, man, I'm I'm gonna have that stream open. I would probably change my sleep schedule to be like waking up a little before the rest of the team. <laughs> like actually, nice. Like like that's exactly what I would do. Like yeah, this is yeah. how it is. Like it's an advantage, and I'm gonna take it. One hundred percent. Yep. If we uh, change like streaming ultimate, you will not see like giant gaps between clears anymore. Like once mm, yeah, the first yeah. clear in comes in, they would start pouring in. Right. Yeah, because right. the strategies will all be public as they come about. Like, for example, this prog tier, we were stuck on the enrage um, mm -hmm. dance, the dance on curtain call for how long, guys? Like an hour? Like 45 minutes? I don't remember it was, exactly. It was uh, a long-ish amount. It was long enough that anybody could have already analyzed our previous stuff and if they executed the curtain call better, it would have been a really close call. So, mm -hmm. you know, when, when that sort of thing happens, when it just comes down to execution, there are definitely people who execute, who can execute better than the people in our group could. But we, our combination of skills is what sets us apart mm -hmm. on the fights in the tiers that we've done. So you take some of that away. If you, uh, if you make it all public for sure. So and somebody may pass us. You're talking. We have talked about this a little bit, where you guys feel like you didn't perform like 100, percent and there is some stuff that you can improve on. Uh, what are the things that you feel like you guys will need to improve upon going forward uh, for ultimate execution? That's it. That's that's kind of what happens when you don't play the game. Yeah, execution I, consistency. Like we didn't think... play the game for a year, pretty much. So mm -hmm. there is still rust, even though we've been playing pretty hard the last month or so. Like. It, it's a cumulative thing, at least in my eyes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot I, of just careless errors in the first few acts, like deep into enrage pulls. That lost us yeah. a lot of time. There's still a little bit of a, a tendency to not respect the mechanics or respect them too much. And we don't we need to sort of refine that down a little bit. Mm. Especially things that are like severe drop-offs. Like we had an issue in verse with like lookaways. They would end up in a death. It would end up in just an impossible kill. Versus mm -hmm. smaller things. I don't know. It's always a learning process. You learn what you can get away with and what you can. Right. I think this tier was big on teaching us about spreads. Not just us, but everyone. Because the spreads in P3 and the spreads in P2 are really, really chaotic and hard to deal with. And I think if we had a better P4. system. P4. As I, yeah, and P4 as well. Mm. All the, uh, the spreads are very, very uh, destructive in these fights. And it teaches you how and to spread out properly. Very glad we went with the comp that we did, largely for that reason. Yeah. I was, um, in the group I was helping yesterday, um, just going out on my main and helping them, I was surprised at how difficult some of the um, the spread charplume, I don't know what they're called, is ashplume, charplume, something like that in P3. Um, two people would die almost every time. And I tuned into some streams, and I caught them having similar issues and getting frustrated at each other on stream over, over the mm -hmm. spreads. And it's just... It's really common this year. So, lesson to learn. How to spread effectively. Okay. Okay. Uh, I am going to ask a, a question. Did any of you have any time to watch the uh, World Race event? 
I only popped in like maybe a few minutes at a time. I saw you in chat, so yeah. I just stare at a shit post. During prog, no. no like, like, like if, if it was like I wasn't doing anything, I didn't even have like the stream like mm -hmm. unmuted. I was just typing in chat. <laughs> I think one time on a break, I opened it up just to see where all the streamers were. Mm -hmm. And then I immediately closed it. I just was curious. So you guys didn't watch any streams at all? Like nothing, basically? No, I go, I go full blackout. And we're, we're full focus, man. Okay, yeah. okay. I, I peeked at your sheet once when we were on curtain call to see if anybody cleared. And I didn't tell anybody. <laughs> I just myself. How could you? Now, I'm of the opinion that the only way we lose is if we don't play as well as we should. Like another team has literally no effect over how we play, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, so seeing where other people are changes, changes nothing. We either play well enough to win or we don't. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, and, go ahead. Info can also be a bad thing. You know, it's, it has happened once before, in, to my knowledge, where there was a fake report of a clear. And when you hear that somebody else has cleared, the you know, morale dips. Mm -hmm. um, so if that's a fake clear, it can actually be like, you know, it can be yeah. damaging to your prog. It, it really so sucks, you know, when people say like, grats JP, right? And you're like, holy shit, does someone clear in JP? <laughs> Thankfully, that one's become an established meme. Yeah. That, I think the origin of grats JP was, um, was, origin, was Midas, right? I don't remember. Or it was uh, Midas Gordius somewhere around there. I don't remember. It was the first time that we were surprised by JP's like being near the end. Yeah. Uh, while we were still progressing. And you know, it it's a meme until it's not <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, It's a meme until somebody comes up like Silink or another team and they actually get the clear and I'm like, ah, oh, you're just fucking with me and then I find out five minutes later, oh I just delayed putting down a clear or something but every time that you people say that i do have to check twitter man i have to like pop over there and be like is it real is, is there actually something happening because <laughs> uh, i can't be completely numb to it but <sighs> anyways anyways uh so we're kind of i guess finalizing this a little bit here getting near the end um is there anything else you guys want to talk about about the world race or the tier in general It was fun. Yeah? It was good. It was very good, dear. <laughs> it was I, good. I, I just want to say that um, I know uh, this is a conflicted idea for a lot of people, but I really like when we clear the tier before sleeping. Mm -hmm. I know I never sleep well in the middle of a tier. So, I yeah. like it, too. It was very satisfying to sleep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that was my first one-day tier since... Uh, Sigma escape. Mm. Damn, that was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. It was actually pretty close to about four years ago that some of <laughs> us here were together oh. on that fateful night. Oh, don't remind me how long it's been. Jesus Christ, for way oh. too often. <laughs> Can't time believe we've played rolling, the same man. video game for I don't even know how many years anymore. Oh. I have to like actually look it up. Like a tenth of mm -hmm. my life dedicated to <laughs> this game. Dude, we've been raiding together for so f goddamn long now, man. Jeez. 
Well, it's okay. You guys made some friends and you kept them. That's the important part, right? Did we really keep them, though? Yeah, right. Sindolf sees us as co-workers. We're not oh, friends of Sindolf. It's all numbers on a screen. Okay. You're all numbers on a really screen. I don't really like to use the word friends, because that implies that we like each other. Mm. <laughs> True. Oh, if we use co-workers, then it's like... <laughs> when I eventually decide to uh, convince the team to, like... Uh, Sphia, it'll just be like, you know, that's just how it goes, man. Like, you gotta do what's best for the company. Just business. It's just business. Just wait for the eventual it's falling out that's gonna happen in six months. There's gonna be huge drama, explosions everywhere. North, North, North Americans rating like shattered. <laughs> Alright, uh, I, I do want to put this on here, because every once in a while, uh, Yoshida does read on these articles and stuff about uh, when you guys talk at the end of a tier, or when the World First team talks about the end of a tier. What are some things, besides the apology Sindoff already gave, uh, what are some things you guys want to say to uh, the SC team and Yoshida? Hello, Yoshi. Hi. Okay. Alright. Big fan. I think Sindoff has something to say. He did his no, apology. Did story, but I do have something else to say. Okay, oh, don't no. don't say it. No, no this, is, this is actually important. Okay. So at the start of the tier, um, we we all log in, and you know, as world prog groups do now, they have to get these special items from our tenth member of the group called uh, Chloe Leopold or something like that. You know, the one that gives oh. the gold certs. So <laughs> yep. one of our uh, crafters was handling this. And mm. as they were trading, like, talking to people, trading all the gold certs, passing around absurd amounts of gil. Because these things cost a lot. Some groups were paying, like, $35 million for each. And we had one for every member of the group. So multiply that by eight. That's a lot of gil being thrown mm -hmm. around. Um, Essie had flagged their account for uh, suspicious behavior and kicked them out of the game, like, 30 minutes into the tier. They were able yep. to get back in by changing, I think, some of their password stuff. But yep. Um, yep. please don't ban our crafters when they're doing <laughs> things that are important. Because if they could have just gotten completely locked out with like six of the certs on them, and then we just lost all that gill and got nothing out of it. I, I, I don't know if anyone has said his... Uh, sorry, I was tuned out a second. If anyone didn't say his name, he deserves a shout-out. Saul Volley is, uh, is a hero. Trooper. Stuck all, in there. Yeah, all of our crafters are really good, but yeah, Salt uh, Salt took one for the team this time. That's crazy. So, we salute you, Salt. Thank you for your service. <laughs> all right, all right. Anything else you want to say to SE uh, in general? Uh, Sindolf didn't say it, so I'll say for all the Dark Knights in the chat, fix Blood Weapon! Yes. That's all. Yes. Yes. You know Please. they don't play their own game. Oh my god, oh send off. Shut, Shut up, up. dude. Not again, dude. I would have noticed. You'd have. Quickly. Gonna make. Send off. You messing everything up, man. I'm never getting another interview. I'm never getting anything from these guys again. Uh, I know. The sad part is, I know uh, sarcasm does not translate well. Sometimes it doesn't, yeah. Uh,. But I, I do want to say, personally, uh, I am really happy with... Uh, the game has taken like a huge hit in popularity. Uh, or not a hit in popularity, I guess uh, a boom in popularity. 
And there's been a lot of logistical back-end shit that Square Enix has had to work out. Uh, so I do want to say I, I am impressed with that, and I'm glad that they are, they're working through all that stuff. And I know from just my industry in general with IT stuff, it has been a pain in the ass for a lot of IT uh, equipment and everything else. So when they say stuff like, hey, we're running into issues, I kind of sympathize pretty easily with them. Um, at least that's been my experience. I mean, other people in IT might have not had any issues, but I, I don't know, maybe it's completely different. Uh, but I, I do thank them for, this expansion has been great for me in general. And I, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I'm really happy with the way Walker turned out, even though there was a lot of this server issue stuff with coming up, uh, Still you know, going on. Give me my Gilgamesh back. I want to be able to yeah. log in. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it's the login queues are a killer. Permanent man. world visit to be able to play the game. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is, you know, like them cutting off sales to the game to try to reduce that number overall. I mean, they're definitely making some efforts uh, to get it going how they feel like they can. Uh, and I'm sure they've learned a lot and can make it better for the next one. Uh, but queues have to go down eventually, right? They do. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you are, like, it, it's funny because I remember trying to log into Gilgamesh the other day and it said 4,000 person queue. And I'm like, I'm not getting in today. Okay, um, let's go to Crystal. 400 person queue. Yeah. All right, on Balmung of all places. And I'm like, all right, time to go to the quick scene. Sandal learned about some quick scenes and he's addicted. Oh, no. Uh, I, guess I, I guess if I had to say something to Yoshi P, I'd say, you know, the flagship job of this expansion is Paladin's. <laughs> please buff Paladin, please. <laughs> Make it do some damage. Help. I would like to say thank you to Yoshi P for, for everything he's done for Scholar. Um, I've been sad about this job ever since Stormblood came out. Mm -hmm. And it's finally back to something I'm really happy with, I'm really proud of, and it's so much fun to play. So okay. thank you for giving me my scholar back. Nice, nice. Anyone else? Yeah, general statement would just be, this is probably my favorite Savage tier in a really long time. I think the developers have done an incredible job on it. Uh, so just thank you for that. Yeah, okay. since Midas for me. Agreed. And real quick, go ahead. I'm going to fuck this up, so please don't bore <sighs> me. Eh, <laughs> me. Did you just fart in the middle of that? No, I like, I, I misspoke. Oh, okay. He exhaled. Right. I was mad about the mispronunciation. <laughs> all right, all right, sorry. Um, yeah, and I, I, go ahead. I don't know, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say real quick, Sphia, uh, you said you enjoyed this tier. It's been one of the best ones so far. Uh, just so we make sure we make it clear what you enjoyed overall, can you emphasize those in like a real short, quick few points? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, I think the theming of the tier was incredible. Like, I've never felt so immersed in raids since, like, Coils. Um, I think the difficulty ramp was actually really well hit for a change. I've been a little disappointed about third tiers, uh, third tier fights uh, in the past, but they actually bridged that gap really well this time. Uh, and I think the final fight is just a, a masterpiece. Uh, it, like, just thematically incredible. Okay. So th thematically, you think that this is, like, definitely one of the best. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, by far. 
Okay. This tier did this tier did not have a weak fight where we were like, man, I wish that wasn't in the tier, which is great. There's usually and one week somewhere. They they took risks and invented new stuff, and none of them felt out of place or strange. It was all like cohesive. So they took the good risk, right? Like they made risk that, that paid off in the end. They weren't like risk that just completely flopped, and that's what you enjoyed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Anyone else? Okay. I guess oh, we're. Gr- Go ahead. That's <laughs> it. Give me, give me a heal on oblation, just because I kind of want one. <laughs> oh, the dark knight. Oh, the dark knight. Mm-hmm. Screaming heals. Dark knights okay. are in huge copium right now. So and... since, <laughs> since you're the one who said that, he's not going to do it. I know. Make sure, make it sure would, that it would be insane to do it. Remove the healing from Soul Eater. Just, just go all the way. <laughs> and then the damage. Actually, have Soul Eater remove HP and have convert that into damage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we go in Final Fantasy XI then. Let's do that. That sounds sick. Oh, man. It was sick, except you die all the time in eleven whenever you used it. All right, all right. Uh, I guess we can get to the the wrap up portion of this. And not make it too long. I, I think we did the show like what four hours last time or something, and uh, yeah. I felt really bad sad. for the person who was translating all of that. Uh, but I mean, we could probably go for longer, but we'll be okay. We'll be okay. Uh, this has been a great talk, and I had a chance to talk to you guys at the end of the the World Race event. Um, and so I think this is uh, I'm excited to see what the World Race looks like going forward in the future. Uh, but as we wrap up, I, I do want uh, everybody who has like something to promote, like stream or like a uh, shout out to somebody or anything else to get a chance to do it. Uh, Ara, is there anything that you want to promote or shout out or anything? Uh, just you know, shout out to my friends, uh, Cinema, Kiff, uh, Mel, Eri, and yeah, uh, y'all know who you are. Okay. That's, that's really it. Okay. Uh, Brian? Uh, yeah. Uh, shout out to Gabby for keeping me sane during the pandemic. Shout out to my friends on Primal. Shout out to Nishi. Shout out to Hebs because you're DMing me. And mm. uh, shout out to our crafters who did a really awesome job this year. Thanks every single one of you. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. Okay. Please. Uh, shout outs to Sidewalks for keeping me off the street. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> shout out I'll stop now. Big shout outs to like all the crafters of the team. Shout outs to this team for letting me be their cheerleader essentially for the past like year and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kia. On a on a less serious note, shout outs to THD for amazing entertainment post prog. <laughs> watching it watching him fall asleep while learning mechanics because it was so boring for him. <laughs> I, that man is on a completely different plane than any other gamer I've ever met. Um, and then a more serious shout out, um, mm-hmm. shout outs to Emmy for uh, for everything. Okay, she's uh, she's the light of my life. Aww, sweet. Aww. All right, empty. Uh, Lol, fill that, fill that, follow that up. Uh, yeah, just yeah. a big shout out to my mom and my girlfriend who support me through all of my gaming uh, hobbies. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom's been doing it since I played WoW like 15 years ago. So that's been really awesome. Um, and yeah, just shout out to this team, the crafters, and all the people I love playing Final Fantasy with. Okay. 
Phantom? Shout out to the team. Good job. Sure well played. Shout out to you, Phantom, by the way, for being like amazing. Uh, I, I know all your team appreciates you greatly every single tier. I, I you know, it's funny. Every time uh, we have this, you guys are always like, "Yeah, Phantom's the best and great and everything." Uh, so definitely, if you haven't heard it recently, shout out to you, Phantom. Thank you. Yeah, Sphi? we gave him the mount. He doesn't need any more. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, the, the biggest one I want to shout out is the team. Man, really proud yeah. of you guys. Wouldn't uh, couldn't pick a better team. And uh, the crafters, actually, the whole FC uh, really comes together every time we have a tier like this. So it's really cool. And uh, another huge shout out to you, Frosty. Uh, you've done it again. Put on another huge event. Raised a bunch of money for charity. Like the world prog scene is. I've said it on Twitter a million times. I've said it to you a million times, but I'll say it again. Like the world prog scene doesn't exist without you. Uh, you do wonders for us. Thank you. Nah, I just fucking like spreadsheets, dude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> thank you, though. Uh, all right, Shed. Uh, yeah, shout out to insert sponsor here. <laughs> Team TPS is looking for some good sponsors. Okay, all right. She's a real one. Yeah. Uh, and send off. Uh, yeah, it's mostly a repeat of what other people said, but you're like, yeah, shout out to the team, our crafters for sure. They do great every tier. To you, Ferrosti, who ends up uh, running all this stuff and actually made it seem somewhat important to people. So, that's great. Otherwise, it would just be a bunch of sweaty nerds in their basement and uh, just doing their own thing. Mm. Uh, shout out to The Balance for providing me with uh, best in slot lists um, when I don't know it to meld. That's great. should all go there to learn how to play Dark Knight or complain about Dark Knight, whichever one you want to do. Mm -hmm. Um... Yeah. Copium. Yeah. I, I wouldn't call it. Co it it's definitely copium. Hmm. Well, uh, I appreciate you guys all coming on. I want to do my own shoutouts for the world race stuff real quick too, because you guys mentioned that uh, this has been an interesting world race because I definitely it was before my life gets really crazy with being a father, like uh, the first time it's, it's been like one of the last times I can really devote so much energy to it. So in the future, I will probably be a little bit more in the back end of everything. Uh, and I, everyone who made that event happen, I, I really absolutely appreciate all the work they put into it. Uh, and there's so many names. I've already put it on a twi Twitter post. You guys definitely read through that. There's so many cool people who came over from WoW, a lot of commentators who are doing it for the first time. And they were all doing it just for charity, raising money for charity. Uh, and again, we raised like twenty-eight thousand uh, dollars for uh, Extra Life, and that was that was fantastic. And I think this is the biggest showing we've ever had for a world race at about like sixteen, seventeen thousand viewers, uh, which was outstanding, absolutely amazing. So thank you everybody who paid tuned in and paid attention to that. Uh, we do hope to maybe do something for the ultimate in the future. Uh, there is one person I'm going to single them out because they're definitely an MVP with getting all the commentary together and everything else for the world race. Uh, L Lifey, uh, <laughs> okay, Lithy, Lithy, that's how you say the name. Lithy, uh, did such an amazing job with a lot of work and without him actually helping out with what he did, the event 100% wouldn't have happened. So, uh, thank you to him for putting all that uh, extra work into the event, and hopefully we can make something really great going forward in the future as well. Um, but that that should be it. I do want to do a shout out to uh, my wife. 
uh, Carrara, who puts up with me doing these events and doing uh, podcasts and everything. Uh, shout out to my dogs for not barking too much. Uh, shout out to uh, Husky by the Geek uh, for doing the theme that we use at Mog Talk now at the beginning and the end. Um, and also uh, everyone who made shows like today happen. You guys are amazing. So uh, I am going to go ahead and wrap up the show. And we I don't know what we're going to be doing next week. Very special thanks to 100% TPS. Congratulations. You guys are fucking absolutely wonderful skilled players and you're always a delight to talk to uh you're not like super egotistical at least not on the show right (laughs) you guys are pretty pretty good and nice on the show so thank you so much uh and congratulations again for the win i do hope that uh we'll be having you guys on in the future uh even more but yeah anything else you guys want to say before we go off air Stay frosty. Ah, all right, I'm going, I'm going credits. I'm going credits. Bye, guys. Thank you very much for watching today. Uh, of course, this was a pretty crazy week with the World Race event and everything, and uh, a lot of people helped to make that happen. Uh, but I also want to do a special thank you to all the Patreon supporters that helped provide funds for the giveaway items and everything uh, to make the event happen. Uh, so let me go ahead and thank Ock Morning, a wonderful organization uh, and uh, website for PVE content. TeamCraft, a great crafting resource. Uh, I would definitely check them out if you're interested in crafting. Phase Temperance, uh, a great uh, PVE Discord group that works to put on uh, PVE events for raiders. Uh, check them out. And of course, there is some really just cool people who just want to help out. Dude, it's Antonio, D Fury, JJ, Little Dude. Mr. Dan, Nami, Niradia, Psyche, and Dirk. You guys are all awesome. Thank you so much for your support. Again, uh, all these funds go straight into uh, resources like the the World First Race. So uh, with that all being said, all have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. Bye.